Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I'm your host, Josh, and with me is my co-host here. Uh, hello? Dusk, hey, everybody. Mute button. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Dusk is with me today. Uh, so, we got a nice, good show for people today. We're going to be discussing Miss Marvel. Uh, Miss Marvel had its finale this past week. Uh, going to be getting into that, what our thoughts on that is, and the series as a whole. Uh, also, the new movie, The Gray Man, starring Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling, also Anna de Armas, uh, the spy movie that is out, directed by the Russo Brothers. Russo Brothers, famous for directing Winter Soldier, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, a bunch of the MCU projects. Uh, they're back with a big uh, movie for Netflix, so we got a limited release. Um, got a, I saw it, it only was released in a few theaters, uh, kind of somewhat near to yeah. me. Um, so it got a really, really limited release. It's going to be on Netflix next week, July 22nd. So I was able to see it today. Dust was not. I'm going to be giving my thoughts on it real quick. Maybe Dust can give his thoughts next week when it comes out on Netflix. And let sure. us know what we think. Uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things also wrapped up. Um, mm-hmm. That had its uh, part two. Um, that wrapped up there. Wanted to talk about it last week, but didn't get the opportunity to. So back this week, I said, like I said, I would, uh, discussing it. And everything like that. Hey, how's it going there? Rated M for uh, immaturity. How are you doing there? Um, we're about to. We're going to discuss the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power trailer. Um, if you uh, you know want to come back or stick around, we're probably going to discuss that in like a, another hour or something, hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and when we get done with the reviews, um, I really want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, the Rings of Power trailer. I know you're a big Lord of the Rings guy. If that is Sage, that is. Um, you know, on the account right now, I know that you're a big uh, Lord of the Rings guy, so I really want to get your opinion and thoughts on that um, as well. Um, so, uh, after Stranger Things, we'll be doing Resident Evil. Resident Evil uh, TV series uh, that is on Netflix that just debuted. Uh, it debuted this past Thursday, July 14th. Um, and, um, yeah, um, and when I texted Dusk about it, um, he was like, oh, no, that, that comes out. Because I was thinking, like, oh, I don't know what we're going to be doing this week for the show um, even movie-wise, I was kind of like, I don't know what what's gonna gonna happen and what we're gonna do, but um, yeah, the Resident Evil series popped uh, popped up, and I was like, oh right, that, and then I texted him, and he's like, oh no, uh, <laughs> texted me back. So <laughs> yeah, we're gonna begin into that. Um, yeah, so it is Sage. How you doing there, man? Uh, he said, indeed it is, but uh, I'll stick around either way. Okay, all right, man. Um, yeah, let us know. Um, uh, I would love to get your opinion on that Rings of Power trailer. Uh, also, so that, that brings us into the news. Uh, we're going to be discussing, of course, that trailer and the Monsters. Um, the Monsters. We're going to be getting that the Rob Zombie uh, film based on the TV series from the 60s. Um, so there's been a lot of discussion about that around online. Um, we're going to be giving our thoughts on that. Uh, Dusk, how are you, man? Pretty good, man. I'm all right. How about you? Uh, pretty good. Um Went to the theater for the Gray Man, saw this stuff. Um, I w- I've gotten to episode four of Resident Evil. Um, you said you're at the same spot as me. Yeah, I'm at the same spot as you. Okay, I the where I cut off was uh, the big battle that they were having in like the prison. Oh yeah. Um, so that's where I I uh, left off. So there, and that was like 24 minutes left of the fourth episode. So it's only it's an eight episode series um, for this Netflix thing. So. 
Uh, we're going to be giving our thoughts on that and what we think about it. And Dusk is a big Resident Evil guy. He knows a lot of history and lore. I hope Javon Good stops by. He's also a big um, Resident Evil guy himself. Um, he had a kind of a different opinion um, as well from uh, what I see from most uh, hardcore uh, Resident Evil people um, mm. with the series. So, um, All right, uh, we're going to be getting to our first review. We're going to be discussing Stranger Things, Stranger Things uh, Season 4 Part 2. So, Stranger Things, this is the big epic season that's been happening. Duffer Brothers, they get a chance to just basically let loose um, and basically have these large episode lengths. Um, and what you see with this season in Season 4... You see a lot of characters in different areas, a lot of spinning plates going on, a lot of different storylines going on. Um, and you see the big villain this season is Vecna. Um, and this is also a spoiler talk for season four of right. Stranger Things in case you were wondering. Um, I mean, I think it's been out kind of a while now, so we can get into spoilers and everything like that. Um, so if you watch the part one of season four... Um, or haven't watched season four at all. We're going to be kind of delving into those things. So Vecna here, as you see, is the main villain. Um, oh, hey, Javon Good. Thank you for stopping by. Just talking about you uh, for coming in for the Resident Evil discussion. Hope to have you on for that. I hope you stick by. So Vecna is the big villain this season, a Freddy Krueger kind of S villain where he can really enter people's minds, play into their fears, um, regrets they've had in the past, and kill them, kill them in a very brutal way. Um, mm. You know, where they kind of you know end up like a... a Oh, hey, thank you very much, uh, John Good, for the subscription. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for the love there. Um, yeah, kills them in a very brutal way. He kills them basically like a crushed Capri Sun where he just, you know, uh, you see them kind of floating in the air um, and their bones break and everything like that. Very, very brutal death. Um as you see in the show. Um, so you have all these different stories. One of them is uh, Joyce. Um, and wh who's the conspiracy guy? What's his name? Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, but the conspiracy guy with Joyce, um, they're going to save Hopper from Russia. You have the storyline right. with Mike. Oh, you uh, mean uh, Howard? Howard. Okay. That's his yeah. name. Um, Howard. So you have that storyline where they're going to save Hopper in Russia. Harold. Sorry, Harold. Harold. Okay. Harold, uh, my bad. Uh, yeah, uh, so you have that storyline, you have the storyline with Mike and Will, um, in California, where they are, or is it Nevada? Nevada. It's Nevada. Nevada. Okay, they're there. Um, Eleven is also there living with, um, Mike and, uh, not Mike, I'm sorry, Will, um, and his family. And, you know, we see Eleven, who doesn't have her powers anymore, and then at the end of the part one, you see that she kind of, she's working with, uh, Matthew Good's character to get her powers back. Um, kind of go on this journey you see to, to rediscover her powers and then while on that you have Will and Mike who try to go and look after who try to go and get Eleven and help you know find her uh, which they end up meeting her in the part two uh, that you see kind of towards the end of the uh, of the you know big kind of finale there the wrap up and you also have one of the main storylines going on in Hawkins um, where you see them investigating Vecna trying to learn how to fight Vecna uh, trying to go into the upside down and kind of end him once and for all, uh, which I think is the best storyline um, here for season four. Mm. I think th it has the best cast of characters. I think it has the best chemistry going on and the one I was most invested in. Um, for you with this part two, how do you, uh, what were your thoughts and feelings on it? So a lot of buildup and we've com we complained about it before. I think me and Nick also complained about it when we talked about it is there's too many characters a lot of different stories going on along different threads. Even with this ending, they do wrap it up for the most part, 
but by wrapping it up, you really realize you, you're able to look at it as a whole of the entire season. And there's so much that could have been cut from the season that wasn't really wholly necessary or wasn't really delved into. I think the best characters were probably with that had the most through line were probably everyone who's back at Hawkins. Mm. Everyone yeah. just dealing with the menace themselves. Steve, Dustin, Robin, Nancy, Eddie. Lucas. Uh, yeah. Lucas. Yeah. They're like the best band of characters just kind of dealing with this. And the second best is L. It's just L just by default because just what she deals with. Even though she's learning the same lesson she's learned for the last four seasons, each season she has to relearn the same lesson. At least. What lesson do you think that is? The lesson is you have a power deep inside you need to focus. <laughs> that That's the same lesson she's learned every single season and they put it on repeat and someone else has to tell it to her. And this one, it's like, oh, you actually had an amnesia. That there were other numbers. You don't remember them because we didn't elaborate that in the first season. Uh, we need something to do. Mm. Um and then with this one, the way it just kind of uh, before you know before we really go heavy in it, it's just it all kind of culminates culminates in a uh, in an ending. Which I will give this this better be the la next season better be the last season because I don't know what else they could even do. Hmm. I don't know how much more this series can go on, especially with um, all the characters being being in it. Mm. And I hope they treat them better. There is a point where a Will says something where it's like, oh, being back here, I, I can sort of feel something now. I'm like, oh, good. Maybe they'll actually do something with you this season. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Javon Good said that uh, this season, but damn it, uh, but damn it, uh, it was all over the place. Uh, yes, rated, oh my God, all over the place. Uh, rated M from Immaturity says, I thought this season was last season. Um, I, I did at first, I thought, because that's why the episode length mm -hmm. was it was the way it was of all these big episodes. But no, they, they have one more season. And then the next season is going to be a time skip uh, where you see it. Uh, I guess because it's probably going to be difficult mm -hmm. to get a lot of these actors back again and, and film it and all this other stuff. Um, so and then of course they're getting older, you know, and stuff like that. So it's probably going to be less believable of maybe them maybe being in high school. But I think you know people. I know people were making jokes about them and how they are. They do look older, but I still think. I mean, they look. I mean, even though they are eighteen mostly. I mean, that's still high school age. Um, I yes, think you very know, close to it. You know, so I don't think they look drastically that much older. It's just I guess because we saw them when they were like little little kids, and now they are you know taller and bigger now. I guess is the thing. Um, in the first season, uh, I guess is is kind of that shock to that maybe. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think the best stuff is with the Hawkins stuff of seeing them. You know, really because you it's you're seeing the creature really. You know, that's the real money is seeing the creature. Who was mostly also done practical too, which I, I yeah. liked. Uh, it was a mix of kind of practical and some CGI, um, and that's where the real money is. Seeing them, um, seeing them investigate, seeing them fight the creature, seeing them going the upside down. Um, I think that's where it was, and uh, you know, I think that was where the most valuable. I think the least stuff that's interesting is the you know Hopper and Russia stuff. I don't think that's that interesting. Um, no, all that much. I think they should have killed Hopper last season. Uh, honestly, and you know, I think that they would have kind of been done away with that. Um, the other stuff with Eleven, um, her rediscovering her powers. Uh, I think I said it even in the you know part one discussion of this season. 
where I was like, they could have maybe trimmed this down a bit, like her kind of rediscovering her powers. But it kind of leads to something with, you know, the villain and the villain ties into her and, and you know, the orderly, the person that was working at the, at the facility Eleven was at turned out to be Vecna and also turned out to be the little boy that, you know, they found out, you know, the case of, you know, that killed his family. So it all kind of tied in together. Um, did, did you like that? I, I forget if you liked that or not. Well, they did that at the end of season, uh, of season four, oh, part one. Preserving Hopper? No, uh, the whole thing with like tying in like Vecna and Eleven and Eleven made Vecna. Uh, no, I kind of... Especially what you learn later by the end of the season and how much that impacts it, that does make the upside down way less interesting. Mm. Um, when it's like, oh, we thought he was just a uh, a wizard for it. No, he's got a bigger place in it than we thought. And I'm like, okay, well, it kind of makes that way less interesting and way less ethereal, less eldric, less complicated mm. i mean as a writing standpoint that seems like a way to okay let's simplify and make it like a one-hit villain if we could take this guy out or this being out then we have a shot at taking out a lot of the problems and that's from a writing standpoint i can see okay well, we just need like we need to find a way to kind of some sort of a kind of happy ending at one point mm. or at least a satisfying ending so we can't have it that it's a it's this overwhelming force that we may not be able to handle. So, in mm. that measure, I understand where they're coming from, but I do think it weakens the horror aspect of the show, and it weakens the uh, the stakes in somewhat manner. Mm. Of, I mean, not that the character isn't very strong or less strong. That's not the case. It's more of the, the a part of the appeal of the original seasons, the season at least of uh, Stranger Things was the mystery of the Upside Down. And what is this place left? And even with all four seasons, that place feels very underutilized, strangely. We still don't know quite a lot about it. And anything that's kind of brought up about it is very quickly brushed over. Or another character explains what they've seen or what they... And I'm like, yeah, but can we get some actual information? Can someone... Exp can we see something? Or even when they're there, it's like, okay... So this is just an upside down place of this. That's kind of less interesting than I than what was kind of shown off, maybe. Mm. But yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, let's see. Rated M for immaturity says Millie Bar Brown is wasted here. I think she was good in The Intruders. I haven't seen The Intruders. If anyone hasn't mm. seen that, she puts on a hell of a performance um, at like eleven years old. Javon Good says to be honest, they should have cut out the shit with Eleven's boyfriend and Stoner. Uh, that whole thing was stupid. <laughs> you just call him. You just call Mike Eleven's boyfriend. Um, I mean, what is he else at this point? Yeah, I mean, that's why I said the stuff within Nevada, I think it's just, that's one of the weaker elements, the stuff with Will and Mike and, and those. And Argyle, um, as a newer character, I mean, it's just fun. Uh, you know, he's the stoner guy, and then the whole thing with him and Jonathan is this, like I said, I think I mentioned before, this is like the Cheat and Chong routine that they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I pointed out how that was very anti to his character and felt completely out of nowhere for this just to give jonathan something to do mm -hmm. but by doing so you kind of hurt his character uh through line consistency from previous seasons and something he wouldn't have done and it's like taking cheap shots or trying to give him something to do but not respecting the character that came before mm -hmm. and ultimately what did it really do for the story 
Yeah. It's just was for comedic purposes, really. I think. Yeah. It's just, you know, you know, there are comedic kind yeah. of purposes there that, that's there. Kind of lame. But even comedic pur- but even comedic purposes should have a purpose. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I thought the stuff with him and Jonathan I mean Jonathan's I think doesn't have anything to really do this season really. Yeah. Uh Will doesn't, Mike doesn't. Um, you know, uh the stuff with Eleven oh, where she's re- learning to discover her powers, I think is good. Because I really like Matthew Good mm-hmm. and her, you know, and, and Millie Bobby Brown's interactions. I, I really like them bouncing off each other. I think they work very well together. Um, also, Paul Reiser, who comes in here as well. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's Paul Reiser and Matthew Good, um, I think they also work very well together. Um, so, I think it, those, you know, things had some good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff when it comes, like I said, back to Hawkins, um, you know, you have a lot of great stuff going on. Dustin, I mean, Dustin, I think, is... Really great in this yeah. season. Um, I think you know he's really great. Um, did you like the new the introduction of the Eddie character? A lot of people saying you know they really were that heartbroken when his character died. Did you feel like that? Uh, I guess now that we're really going in, yeah. Um, so I know there's a, the this series has a lot of patterns to it, and if you're paying attention to it, you can see okay. And next scene, this is this, and next scene is this. Eddie very much is a character that as soon as he was brought on, I'm like, I was like, oh, you're dead meat. Mm. Uh, but they did a good job of setting. I think the actor did a lot, like Steve before him, the character actor who played Steve, does a lot with the role than what he's given written, and he makes a lot with a little, and he does end up just by charm and charisma of his performance. He does like make himself very likable, and so you do feel a little you feel gut punch, even though you know it's coming. You're like, ah, damn it, Eddie. Yeah. Like you still you still hurt by it. Yeah. And and Dustin does a great job. That that scene, one of the better scenes of that finale, is him t- talking to his uncle. Yeah. About what happened to him. It's one of the better scenes, and poor little Dustin's uh, pouring his heart out, acting yeah. his little heart out in that scene, and he does a good job. Yeah, um, you know, like, hey, how's it going there, Marley Lowe's Films? How you doing there, man? Um, yeah, like Rated Immaturity said about like Millie Bobby Brown's performance in that movie, The Intruders. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a very great performance. I think all these people are very talented. All the, you know, they got yes. like a lot of great kid actors here to be a part of this, and that's that's, I mean, that's a big lucky. You know, it's, they got kind of lucky with that because sometimes that's a swing and a miss. Sometimes kid actors being very good and stuff. And here, I think it is. I mean, I think they they, they did that. Uh, you know, from people like Sadie Sink, um, who's in here, um, who's Max, who I think also does a very good job this season as well. Um, like her whole stuff with PTSD, I thought was very. You know, again, that was stuff in Hawkins. I thought that was very done very well. Um, the stuff with Lucas. Um, you know, I I think you know the storyline with him really trying to be popular. You know, being a part of the basketball team. It's okay. I, I think it's not that strong, but I think he, you know they still. I think it's still good enough. I think it's still fine. Um, but I think all that stuff is still you know. But him and Max also have great chemistry when they're talking together. I think it works very well. Um, and with Eddie being brought on, um, yeah, I mean you know his relationship with him and Dustin. Uh, they got great chemistry, and like I said, Dustin can really, I think, bounce off anybody. Mm. I think, I think he's that good. I think he can. Yeah, he's bounce. a very um, talented actor. Where he can just, he's just an, an affable kind of person, and so he's able to just kind of bounce off on really anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so I think he's very good. So I, I did like the addition of Eddie. 
Um, when it comes to the, like I said, you, you know, sometimes you know in these seasons you have the big, you know, uh, you know, a big threat when it comes from like another dimension. You know, the monster type threat here. It's Vicna. Then also in, in this show, you will also have the human threat, the human element, uh, the bully. You know, um, this time it was uh, Lucas's uh, basketball teammate. Uh, what was his name? It was. Um, I forgot the character's name, uh, but it was the, the guy who was the captain of the basketball team. Um, did you like the stuff that was going on with him? I felt that stuff maybe wasn't wasn't all that good. What about you? Yeah, so when you pay attention to the seasons of it, it kind of covers the different aspects of like 80s culture. And when you understand that, you kind of get a feeling of what the theme is for the rest of the season. Uh, like the first season is D and D centric, and it's a mystery thriller. It's a horror mystery thriller, and that's kind of where you're getting with the tone of it. Season two is a bit more of the um, is a bit more of the uh, kind of like the uh, continuing that motif of an eighties an eighties or a bit more. Uh, season three is the like. Cold War scare and the Rocky esque nature of it, but also being more a bit more of a sl of a uh, like body snatcher uh, movies from the eighties and the fear of the Cold War and this one is definitely the, like the satanic panic, right? And you can go see a lot of that satanic panic from it, and nothing is more obvious than that when he literally goes to the meeting and he's like, "I know what's happening," and they just keep adding more makeup to show him being more disheveled and more. Tire and I was waiting for something to come of this in a build up to justify him going as nuts as he is as a character. And I understand why he's going as crazy as he is, but there needs to be an end. And but but the way he ends, he just gets like quickly offed off, <laughs> almost off screen if you're not paying attention, you know? Yeah, um... I actually had to rewind it. Because of like, wait, what? Because he's like in the middle of the floor, and then the th like, and the earthquake happens, and he gets cut in half. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah, the stuff like you said. So it is very. I mean, they do very '80s things throughout the season. They bring in, they they make a lot of like themes. I think for each season represents different big '80s movies at the time. Uh, Rated M for immaturity says, um, I gotta say, I think the '80s setting felt very natural in season one, but very much like a gimmick and everything and uh, everything after. I agree with that. Um, I think it, it really became, I think, a lot of the 80s stuff really started to pop up more um, as time went on of, like, these references. I think last season, you mentioned, like, the whole Red Scare, um, you know, that, you know, and then they even had, like, a, a person in it who was, like, a Terminator-looking guy in it, you know, like, from the 80s. Like, you had, like, an Arnold Schwarzenegger-kind of looking guy. Um, and this season, involving a character who can do dreams, that's very much like Nightmare on Elm Street, um, you know, those kind of elements there. Mm -hmm. being brought into this season um with the character you know the main villain of bringing like the satanic panic uh of the D and and people thought you know you worship the devil you know playing the D and and all this other stuff um i i mean and then you have this this human threat element there of people doing like this manhood for eddie because they think he's the serial killer is going around doing this um i mean i i i guess i you know i liked it in the sense of that's just how stupid people are you know what i mean of, of kind of doing right. that like they don't really you know look at that i thought you know that was kind of handled kind of well of like that mob kind of mentality the mob mentality yeah yeah so i, I thought that i thought that was kind of done kind of well i mean was he that interesting really 
Not really. No. Um, I think as a, as a character. But I thought that mob mentality type of thing was was good. I thought that was nice. It just doesn't all the way doesn't seem like it has any other big ramifications, you know, other than for Eddie. I mean, because the whole thing is like, oh, you know, the other kids are a part of the Hellfire Club. There's that picture of them of all these, you know, like uh, like Lucas and Mike and Dustin are a part. Right. But is there going to be any real big fallout? It doesn't seem like there was really no big fallout no. from being a part of the club that they think was no it it felt very it felt very self-contained and the stakes felt very forced Mm. where he was looking for this for very specific things and this was set up to do this but the way it's all kind of dealt with it feels it feels like yeah like you said the fall off from this is going to be so small almost inconsequential ultimately because with him gone like who's who he was the one really pushing for it with him gone like who cares yeah um and a part of me, of course, a part of me pities pities him because he's just going through grief and he's not getting appropriate amount. Mm. Uh, but I think that's also a theme of it is a lot of kids go are going through grief and they're not properly getting up able to kind of exercise it, and mm. they get to see a grief counselor or at least a whatever not even official, not even like a bereavement counselor, just a just a, a guidance counselor, and I'm like. Look, she's not going to be able to <laughs> to handle all that. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, Javon Good, he mentioned, tired of them bringing in great characters for a season and killing them off, uh, but they don't have the balls to kill off any of the OG, their OG cast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when it comes to Eddie, I mean, I think a lot of people knew because that's the trend they do in this season. When you bring in a yeah. new character, they're going to kill him off. Um, and it was, I mean, he went out, I think, you know, very heroically, you know, he did that great, um, you know, Masters of Puppets, uh, solo, uh, which the actor, Joseph Quinn, he actually learned, uh, how to do that. He actually learned how to play the, uh, the solo from Masters of Puppets. And it was funny when people were saying like, oh my God, now Metallica is going to be so overplayed. Like, dude, I don't know if you know this, but Metallica is like one of the world's biggest bands. I don't know if you know that or not. Like, it's it's too late to gatekeep Metallica. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not like Kate Bush with Running Up the Hill. Like, yeah, I mean, that really like Kate Bush with that, when that, you know, they did this uh, song in this show. That really sparked, you know, it's like, oh shit, you know, you see everybody. A renewed interest in Kate Bush that was already, like, Kate Bush was already she was a popular artist, anyways in the within uh Britain and and parts of, of America and other around the world. She's she's fairly well known, recently well known. But like a lot of things in Stranger Things, especially with that running up the hill, that was like a bam renewed interest. Yeah, and in that and that song, like I'm like, oh wow, I'd forgotten how great that song, how how that is. Mm. Yeah. Um, Metallica. I'm actually surprised they let them use it, considering how much how much of jackasses they are with their music. Uh, there was a game called uh, Ion Maiden that they that 3D Realms uh, was making, and they had to change the name to Ion Fury because Iron Maiden, uh, Iron Maiden, similar to Metallica, not exactly. That they were like so mad <laughs> that they basically went, "You need to change this, or we'll sue." And they're like, "Fine." Hmm. Yeah. So you got to be careful with that stuff, you know. Yeah. Metallica may be cool, cool with it, but you never know, right? Yeah. Well, the Duffer Brothers, I mean, they stress, like, they we cannot have this season without Masters of the Puppets. Like, we need this song in it. Um, I know. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, but as far as their OG cast, did you see that coming with the Max character of what they did with the character? Now, the creator said that she's not dead. She's just, she's brain dead, but she's not dead dead. Uh, Close enough. 
Yeah. I mean, did you see that coming with that character? So, I didn't think... So, I knew they would probably kill off Eddie, and I was actually... I actually thought they were going to kill off Jonathan at one point. Mm. Um, I mean, probably they'll probably kill him off next season. I mean, honestly, they'll probably kill off some of the Elder cast just because whatever. Uh, they're not going to kill off any of the, the major four. That's just not going to happen. Maxine, it, it that was a bit of a surprise with a... Oh, you let her escape... You have like a huge thing to let her survive and escape, and then just to like undo that and basically almost kill her. And the scene with her, like uh, with Lucas holding her, that is a really heartbreaking scene. Mm. He does it really well. Yeah, and uh, that is very creepy in the way that, like like her eyes. Like I mean, even if she does recover consciousness, she's probably blind, mm. and she's broken all four of her limbs. <laughs> so you know what I mean, <laughs> right? You're like you're not gonna be much use in the next season. Yeah, I mean, do you think she's coming back, or um, that dep- again depends on the actress. I imagine she will probably come back, and it'll be one of those things where like she'll open her eyes, uh, even showing off like that she has uh, what maybe blind eyes now, or I don't know, maybe her eyes pull like move forward so she can see, but. Hmm. But she won't be able to do much, and she'll have to deal with the fact that she's in, like, a full cast. Hmm. But I don't know if they'll, like, I'm sure they'll do something with her character. I did think that was interesting with uh, Elle being like, no, you're not going to die. And it's also weird because she's the final sacrifice, and... The portal partly opened because she died, but by Elle doing what she did, she also semi-closed it. Mm. So yeah, I feel you know like, what I mean. I feel like they they added that in there with Eleven's like I can bring her back. I mean, you know, I think they slightly added that in and to go like, well, if maybe Eleven can like heal her or something like that, maybe it seems like that's why they added that in there. Um, I feel like that was more like a mental thing where it's a I'm gonna keep your brain alive and give you time to like heal. Mm. Uh, but even when she searched at one point she went to look for uh for maxine she couldn't find her um mm. honestly it's going to be one of those things she's in a chemical she's in a chemically induced or just she's just in a coma yeah and yeah that's going to be she uh maxine poor maxine's probably going to be on the low priority list for a while yeah um that um, much you can really do for her. yeah i was surprised that they did do that uh with the yeah. maxine character i was i mean i like they did that not because i hate the maxine character but uh, no Max no character. i actually but, quite like her character She's gotten better if the seasons have gone on. Yeah, but just because it's like you need to have some stakes to this, you know, you need yes. to have a show that ha- and you need to have that, you know, uh, you know, something that feels like they're really in danger. And you know, each of these seasons, you know, these characters have been kind of getting away um, every kind of single season. Um, and you see the newer people who get tossed away. Not really, you know, a lot of people the main cast mm-hmm. like that. Um, so you did need to have something like that in here um that that stressed that uh javon good uh said uh you see how they showing uh that the black dude and the redhead are a couple but they're like you ain't kissing that uh, white girl uh six feet six feet um i can't Did remember they show the flashback of them kissing i yeah i think i i think i do remember them kissing i think i i think i do they have kissed once yeah and yeah i think i do remember them in the kissing. snowball yeah um rated him for immaturity said they can pull an american horror story and give her a sight back and then have her uh lose it again and get it back again um he's probably sure, talking about, why not yeah i mean i guess um 
I mean, yeah, that could be a possibility. Um, but I think this show is better written than something like American Horror Story. Uh, I think so. But, um, yeah, I, I, I like what they kind of did there, um, you know, uh, with that. So, like I said, you got to have some stakes with this type of stuff. Um, and it, it does also, when she's kind of in a coma, it gives some more room for other characters kind of to give more story to them and more kind of, you know, yeah. you know, directions for them maybe you know now that she's going to be kind of incapacitated for the next season maybe that opens up more room for maybe will no uh, more new characters please and they're going to add a few more but please no more new ones you know what the show this show desperately needs red shirts mm. it desperately needs characters we just barely care about but not enough to really know but just enough that like the show that they uh the villain the monsters mean business like the, the, the stakes, the deputy of the of the yeah, sheriff department. Is... Exactly, they need to like get removed. You're like, no, so that like they matter to other characters. So that like, oh, you're like, oh crap, I can't believe they killed that side character off. Mm. Yeah, or yeah. other characters be put in danger. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I see, I see your point to that. Yeah, I could, I could see that, and you know, you know, with this season, I think the, you know, I think it was good at kind of raising the stakes a little bit and having, I think, a good villain, Vecna, who could actually speak because most of these monsters are just, you know, kind of mindless and kind of just searching. You know, this one actually has a plan and wants to execute it, uh, which I thought was nice. And then, you know, you know, it was it was also a good moment where Elle kind of came in there. She was all confident, like, well, you know, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to kill you like I did before. And then he you know, he pushes her all to the wall. She was like, oh, well, look into your heart. You know, you're a good person. You're not this evil monster that you were before. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I, I did kind of, I thought that was pretty good. I actually did like that. I, I thought that was kind of pretty good that they did that um, in this series. Um, what did you, did you like the big confrontation at the end between Eleven and Vicna and all that stuff? I mean, I'm not going to say it's not somewhat cool looking and that them using a more orchestrated version of uh, running up the hill wasn't really appreciated and it didn't have that kind of theme going up there. It's just more, it's more in the manner of, okay, cool. That's, that's great and all, but uh, how did you like, a, how did you survive all that? And B what now? Hmm what's hap what's gonna happen next how you gonna how you gonna improve this how you gonna do it i mean i'm glad that they got uh robert england to voice the guy that really helps in a lot of ways mm -hmm. um just in the slasher angle of it um i'm curious to see what they're gonna do for the next hopefully final season because yeah these characters need stuff when Will talks about, like, oh, I can kind of feel him now that I know it, I'm like, good. Can Will be a character again and he do something? Can Mike do something again instead of just worrying that, like, oh, whether L. I mean, that is nice that they finally kind of had moments. Mm. Uh, also, do we want to talk about the whole, like, Will being being gay for Mike thing? Oh, yeah. Um, so Noah Champ and uh, the creators, Death Brothers, yeah. uh, they said that, yeah, the Will, I mean, he is gay um, and he's in love with Mike. Uh I mean, I guess you could kind of get that from the show. I mean, context clues, it, I guess. That feels really, that felt, the only really introduction I felt for that, felt that in was in season three. Mm. And that was for that one line that like, he's like, well, you thought we we're all going to hang out in, this, in the basement and play D&D &D or whatever. It's not my fault you're not good with girls or, or something to that account. You don't like girls or some crap. Mm. That, that felt like even, I was, I was like, what, what is that coming from? And I'm, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, at that point in the scene, I mean, every, I mean, all of them had girlfriends except for him. Yeah. You know? Right, right. But it was like there was like an extra dick with that because Mike was angry and it felt I'm like okay, sure, I guess. But I don't know. It does feel like that's something that just felt um, kind of put in that retroactively, like you know, put in retroactively. But that's not what may have been the character to begin with. But I don't know. I wasn't writing the show. I'm not running it, but that's what it felt to me watching the show and watching the characters. But I mean, I think he does a good enough job with the material given. Again, I think everyone's talent. Everyone is a talented actor. Yeah, everyone is doing the best they can with the role they're written. I just wish the pacing was and the it's just all over the place. I wish it was just more coherent, Mm. more focused. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that's my biggest thing. It's like you got a lot of spinning plates, but I don't think some are all that interesting or some of it yeah. is like where are these kind of characters going um, is a thing and you don't really utilize, you know, again, that's the thing where you have such a big cast and you're trying to really do a lot of things with all these different characters. It's it's sometimes tough to try to give something to everybody and try to have them give something to them to do and have them kind of be all involved. Javon, uh, Javon Good said, cool looking, just not really satisfying in reference to the big fight between Eleven and Vikna. Hmm, I could see that a little bit. Um, but yeah, um, this season, uh, season four, Stranger Things overall, I thought it was a good season. I mean, I would have to, again, go back and really kind of binge all the other seasons to to understand how I like to rank them or to get a, you know what I mean, to, to really rank them and to see which one I like the, the least or the, you know, or the best. Um, I still thought this was a solid season, even with my complaints of even me saying kind of like too many characters, not, not really all that focused. Um, and then some characters kind of get, you know, the shorter in the stick, like Will or Mike or Jonathan, uh, you know, they really get the shorter in the stick. Um, I think it wrapped up things pretty well and really leaves you anticipating another season like you said the stuff with Dunstan and Eddie's father I thought was really good I thought that was one of the best moments uh of the episode or even just in the season um I mean they really I mean that really was great I mean that really was a really really good act in there um they you know try to do a little kind of happy moments with some other characters like Robin and Robin getting a girlfriend um also that's kind of another thing too like some even the looks of some characters like Robin's girlfriend very much looks like Robin's Mo- girlfriend is like a stand-in for Molly Ringwald. Yeah, she looks like Molly Ringwald from Sixteen Candles. Sixteen uh, Candles, Breakfast Club. Yeah. Um, even Art, the girl that Argyle had a crush on when it went to Dustin's girlfriend's house, she looked like Ali Sheedy from The Breakfast Club. Yeah, uh, she did. You know, so you 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 have kind of those eighties kind of things that come in here, uh, there and everything. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, also, the love triangle stuff with Nancy and Jonathan and Steve, not that invested in it. Like, uh, um, not really. Just, like, shaking my head the entire time. No, not all that invested in that. Uh, but good stuff with Nancy. They did some good stuff in that. I think her doing the investigating stuff, then, you know, doing the reporting. Um, also, when she was fighting Vecna, you know, that was cool. Like, that was very kind of like Sarah Connor, I guess. Some people have compared it to that. Like, I guess another 80s reference, um, you know, Sarah Connor and that. Um, right. Terminator 2, that was... Was that in the 90s or that was still in the 80s, Terminator 2? Terminator 2 was very early, like 91. 91. Just out of the 80s. Just out of that. Uh, <laughs> Rated M for Immaturity said more like a love circle uh, at this point. Yeah. Uh, it really is, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that was Stranger Things. Um, season 4. Uh, what's your rating for it there, Desk? 
it's better than last season. But I think it spins far too many plates, and it needed a lot of uh, it needed additional drafts in order to really be more co- cohesive. Um, at this point, I will be perfectly honest. This seems like a series that I'm more in for the fact that it's like a sunken cost. Mm. Well, I've seen all these characters. I'm in it at this point. I might as well see it to its end. Mm. Then if it was good or not. This is one of those series that, along with Westworld, that I think could have easily just been one season and that would have sufficed. Mm. This should have just been like a one and done, maybe even a two and done and be done. Yeah. And just leave it on a high note. Um, do you, uh, Quick question. Do you think Matthew Good's character, do you think he's dead? Quickly. He got shot in the chest. Uh, some people were saying that uh, it was like, no, he's he's not dead, and he may be coming back or something like that. I don't know. That's what some people say. Okay, so the man got shot in the shoulder. He got shot in the leg, and then he got shot through the back of the chest with a, I'm assuming, a 308, point three oh eight, which is a hunting rifle, which also can be used as a snipe. Alternatively, also a four oh seven. Uh, if you noticed, the uh, the round coming out is going to be bigger than going in. Mm. That was around his center chest. Mm. If it didn't hit the heart, <laughs> it exploded the chest cavity and tore open his lung. If he doesn't like, if that didn't hit the heart, he's dying from internal and external bleeding. Mm. So okay, like sure, somehow. <laughs> Well, like, they might bring him back. You know, I, I mean, they've they've done BS before, but no. And mm. honestly, I hope he dies. Yeah. Like, as a character, he's fulfilled. A, he's fulfilled his use in this. B, he should have never even been... He should have died from season one. Mm. And they brought him back. That was like an ass pull, but sure, why not? And honestly, the, the mental gymnastics he made poor L go through in this season, I'm just like, no, just, you're done. Yeah. You're done. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, this is a stream it. It's a uh, you check it out. If you've watched the other seasons of Stranger Things, you're probably already seeing this, and you're going to see it again. Yeah. It's, and uh, but I do think it's a bit it's a bit better than season three. Uh, I hope it has a more satisfying ending next season, and I hope that's it, because I can't see this going on for an, a sixth season. There's just not enough there. It's already barely enough to do five. Mm. Yeah, yeah um, I'd give it a streaming as well. Maybe uh, closer to a little bit of a higher kind of streaming, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I say like we, we talked about the issues of the season, the cohesiveness of it. Um, some stuff that just wasn't as interesting as other storylines. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Hammer Home, the Hopper in Russia stuff, and then them, them fighting the Demogorgons. Um you know, them fighting the Demogorgons, I, I, I think that, uh, eh, I mean, some stuff didn't really make all that much sense of how he just cut one's head off with a sword. Uh, I was like, you can shoot them, but that doesn't work. I mean, I get shooting inside their mouth because that's more vulnerable, but then you can just chop their head off. I was like, with a sword, I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, but I just wasn't all that kind of invested in it. Um, and then Joyce and Hopper as a couple, I don't know, maybe I'm... You know, maybe uh, this is a hot take or I'm on the outs on this. Never really liked them too much as a couple all that much. Maybe I'm still carrying a torch for Bob, Sean Astin. I don't know, but I, I never really liked no, Hopper and Joyce. I'm, you know what? I'm in your camp. I'm perfectly in your camp. I actually thought 
I am also carrying on. I, I liked Bob. I think they were a better they were a better relationship. Also, uh, yeah, I never the whole Hopper thing in season three where he was basically like forcing his way into a relationship that felt very not felt out of character for him and very like selfish. Yeah, for him to just kind of put that, especially when she's grieving after Bob. Uh, also, she's the worst mom in the world. <laughs> like, geez, how many times can you keep like, like leaving your kids in danger and not doing anything and gallivanting and doing what you want? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Javon Good said Sean. Uh, uh, Sean Austin uh, had a better connection with everyone. Uh, yeah, Sean Aston yeah, had a better connection with everyone. Sean Aston is like um, is a very much similar to kind of Dustin. He's just an affable guy in real life. Yeah. That you just, he just has that energy where people just want to talk to him and he just talks to people back. So he's just going to bounce off of anybody. Yeah. Even the curmudgeons. Uh, Rated Infinite Maturity says, plus, you know, Bob is good on a hiking trip. Uh, That's true. No. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was Stranger Things Season 4, Part 2. Uh, high streaming for me. Uh, kind of toward, uh, for a little bit of a high stream. I'm like a regular stream it. And just a regular stream it for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Going to be moving on from Stranger Things. Going to begin to Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel had its finale uh, this past Wednesday. Um, it is the Disney Plus, uh, the new MCU Disney Plus series uh, that's been on about the character of Kamala Khan. Kamala Khan, who eventually becomes Miss Marvel, uh, the superhero. Uh, we've had some kind of mixed thoughts about the series so far. You can check out our reviews, um, of, oh, crap, uh, speeding through this trailer right here with the time skipping. Um, but, um, you can check out our thoughts. We have reviews, um, of all the episodes up right now on YouTube. You can go check them out. Our thoughts on those things, uh, episodes one through five. If you go to youtube.com, the afternoon tune, just type in that and type in the Miss Marvel. Our reviews should pop up. Um. We weren't very big fans of the last episode. Uh, we were fans of the grandma from the last episode uh, that was shown, but not really oh, yeah. fans of the story of the episode going on. Great grandma. Yeah, great grandma, uh, by the way. Uh, we were fans of that, but not really necessarily the story kind of going on there. Um, I do, we do think uh, the story, you know, this show has great things about it. Um, I, I love the stuff where it's about her family and about her being kind of a teenage girl and kind of, you know, discovering her powers. I mean, I think that's always fun to watch when any superhero story um, sure. dealing with that stuff. Because that's really the most kind of relatable stuff, dealing with family, um, you know. Dealing, it's relatable. Yeah, you know, and, and also the high school kind of stuff. I just think with these villains, the clandestites and her trying to fight those, it's just, I don't think is was really all that good um and even here when it you know kind of all these things kind of come in the head coming ahead with damage control of them trying to get miss marvel um which you know they are vastly different how they are in the comics which i actually kind of appreciate i mean the, in the comics it was mostly kind of just like a joke kind of book um in the comics here they're like a real kind of like government agency on the level of like the fbi or cia where they can imprison people and question people and you know lock people up and it was like started that. uh in the MCU version, this was started by Tony. Yeah. I think also in the comics it was started by Tony. Yep. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, also in the comics as well. Um, so here with this finale, um, I think it's better than some of the MCU Disney Plus series finales that we've had. I mean, that's been one of my biggest complaints with these shows um, is that the finales just don't really you know do that well because of maybe the limited episode structure these six episodes it's just not enough time 
Um, you know, that's, that was my issue with Moon Knight. That was my issue with WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, a lot of these shows, they just don't really end very well. Um, this, with its six-episode structure, I think it just has such a stranglehold um, on a lot of these Disney Plus series. I think at least it should be maybe eight to ten um, instead of probably six. Um, but, um, you know, with here I think it ends a little bit better uh, with the finale. What about you? What were kind of some of your thoughts uh, on this finale? Um, uh, so what started off as being, what could have had potential as a show, as I described this before, it went into basically three different arcs and movies, what could have been just seasons, a kid learning to control their powers in a city and learning the responsibility of being a hero, a organization that's fighting the unseen and to protect uh, protect their country from the unseen. And then a uh, romance story about a being who comes to another world and ends up falling in love and ends up uh, passing on their genes and uh, wants to stop them from coming harm into uh, their group that they wanted to go home with. Uh, considering all those different plots, it handles it just as clumsily as it did before. And its ending is pretty laughable if i'm going to be honest mm. there are just scenes where she her plan just she comes up in the high school with the dod is absolutely laughable mm. the can level of consistency but between what the weapons that the dod officers dodc officers are carrying and what it actually does is nuts sometimes can't even push up push a paper plate other times blasts open the side of a wall Mm. it's whatever the plot needs it to be at that moment uh Kamran as a character everything that is ever solved in this finale is just Kamala Khan just being like hey but don't do that and then people are like okay mm. please don't be mad okay and everything is just I'm fine characters are level headed but we can have like no stakes for this and the way that Kamran like escapes she punches a hole in the ground and next time, and next time we see him, he showed up in pa- in Pakistan. I guess she must have punched the hole so hard into the ground she dug a toe all a hole all the way to Pakistan. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so that's what happens when you dig a hole. You, you don't go to China; you go to Pakistan. No, you go to Pakistan. Mm. Yeah, um, they, took a, they took the right turn in Albuquerque. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the stuff with the with the damage control, uh, them kind of coming in with some of these weapons. Uh, some of these weapons, somebody's also pointed out, it's like stuff that was used on the Hulk too. Like if you watch the first uh, yeah. Hulk movie, like some of the kind of the weapons there that used there. And then if you hear also some of the guns that they use, like the repulsor sounds are the same sounds like from Tony Stark, like his repulsor weapons um, here. Um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of very, yeah, I mean, the stuff with them in the high school, very Home Alone-ish. Uh, kind of type stuff kind of going on when she's you know has her friends and you know her brother fighting the DOD I mean the the damage control people uh, yeah that was kind of very home alone you know kind of type stuff uh, stuff with Cameron um, you know and that stuff again I, I with the stuff with the clandestites and their whole kind of deal I don't think it was all that good all that well fleshed out very well I don't think they were that good villains of this I think they should have been just damage control that should have been there um the stuff when it comes to also the powers of Kamran, um who you know also i heard from the comics is kind of similar to his powers in the comics if you kind of do that like he has kind of somewhat similar powers here 
Um, it, the look of it, I mean, I guess it's supposed to look kind of fakish, kind of not so good because of like the kind of the way it kind of looks. So it kind of, you can get away with it more, I guess. Um, it's the thing, you know, kind of like these Green Lantern-esque type powers. I know the VFX people, they're having a, you know, uh, issue with Marvel. And a lot of them said that they won't work for Marvel anymore because of just the sheer output they're doing with these shows and movies and, uh, you know, and all this kind of stuff like that. Um, so, but I don't blame them. how did you like the effects in this? Especially when Kamala does her big moment where she does the embiggen, where she says her kind of phrase. How did you like that? I thought it looked tolerable. But it's kind of a mess when Kamara's powers are also around it. And I'm going to be honest, it doesn't look that much better than if they just made her stretchy. Mm. Yeah. And they also changed that now. So initially, she was. So they changed the fact that she was an inhuman, which would have been a setup for the inhumans because that show didn't do well and they didn't allow it to do well, or at least didn't give it a. Like, let it have, like, one season and then, like, cut it to that first season. Didn't even let it finish. Then it... They introduced Black Bolt in the most recent movie. So I'm like, okay, so the humans are still a thing. Uh, okay, cool. But then Kamala Khan's no longer in a human, which is kind of a big part of her character. You changed her into being this genie or, like, well, Destiman or whatever. Do you want to get into the spoiler with her? Yeah, you know what? We'll we'll save that for later. It, but it's one of those things where they keep changing their mind and with the powers and sometimes the VX VX VSFXs look fine. Other times, yeah, it just kind of looks like all right. This is clearly brushed. It Tizzy's at this weird point now, where the VFX work is too good to be a series, but not good enough to be a movie, mm. and the stories are not are too long to be a movie but not is it like too short to be a movie but almost too long to be a series <laughs> uh i yeah I, you know i said this on twitter i don't know who's making this decision with the episode length and everything like that i i, I don't know um like the the obi-wan series it really shouldn't have been six episodes. Actually, that's one of the cases where it's not the fact that it was too long. Could have been four. It, it's just the case. It was. It was just like too short. I'm sorry with that. It just was too long. I think it's like you should have cut it down to maybe four. And then I'm I'm interested to see that fan edit of somebody doing the two hour cut of it. Um, if that makes it a lot better, um, probably like, does. You know, I'm kind of interested to see that. Um, but this series, like you said, they're they're kind of this weird kind of place there. This, you know, with Miss Marvel could have been longer, should have been shorter. I think it could have been a couple of episodes longer, just in terms of you could have fleshed out some more stuff. Um, you know, if you really but wanted. But we didn't, like, everything from episode three on, they could have removed entirely and just kept. as It wouldn't have been as noticeable if the other three episodes didn't have her traveling to another country and dealing with a bunch of other crap. Yeah. If she had just still stayed local and it had been a local issue. Why isn't it that it's not low stakes? Why couldn't she have just been in the first Inhuman and that she's experiencing these power, these powers that she doesn't know about yet, and she's dealing with the local gang who's like bullying her mosque, her people's mosque, and mm-hmm. they're and they're screwing around and they're using technology they shouldn't have their hands and damage control control is trying to get the weapons back, and then they also think that they have to deal with like Kamala, but at the very end Kamala works with the DOC and. 
uh, it's in, and she ends up being like a friendly neighborhood, basically the friendly neighborhood hero. And yeah. they like they learn to respect each other, and it's they they take care of it. Small stakes, but she saved the day, and she showed off that she can do it. That she is like that she can do it, and she can handle herself at least. And that would also set up for Civil War too, which oh you've proven yourself to work with authorities. Do you want to take it to the next level because she mm. admires Captain Marvel, who's going to go psycho crazy in Civil War too. Yeah. Um. That's an interesting point because you also could have connected it to Homecoming because they were selling weapons to people and criminals and exactly. all these alien Exactly. That would have been a nice tie-in from Homecoming that that's still out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. You could have kind of brought that in there. Uh, let me catch up on the chat real quick. Let's see what they're saying real all quick. Because right. I know that uh, Rated M for Immaturity, I know Sage, he's a big Kamala Khan fan um, mm-hmm. with this. Um, so, let's see. Yeah, so it says, Javon Good says, Miss Marvel, good finale, could have been better. Javon Good also says, still think the pilot episode was the best. So much creativity in that pilot. I will say with the pilot, yeah, the stuff with the, you see her daydreaming, the animation. I don't know why they got rid of that. Um, I thought that was really good. I praised that. Um, a lot That's, like the kind of the animation mm-hmm. kind of stuff there. I thought it was good. It's one of those, it, I may not be, it may not be for like stuff that, it might be for everyone, but at least it was different and that's something that would have at least given it you know uniqueness they bring that back barely for a little bit in the sixth episode but i think that if it kept that local and that was still like an aesthetic of hers that still would have been something that like oh well that's very uniquely her character very uniquely her series yeah like a liz like like kind of like a lizzie mcguire type thing where she would kind yeah of like, a, like yeah a little bit mature version of like lizzie mcguire mcguire just yeah. a bit uh, Ready M for Immaturity says, I tried to keep an open eye uh, mind with changing her origin after giving it a chance. Mm-hmm. That ended up massively hurting the entire thing. Javanga says, those people hunting them down was almost unnecessary. They didn't really play a big role to the finale. Uh, Javon Good mentions uh, Kamala Khan's dad. She says, that's it. You're some type of Miss Marvel. So in this episode, the final, she gets her you know superhero name of Miss Marvel. Um, I, I thought it was cute because I think her dad's fun. I like her dad. That's uh, the best part of this series. You know what I mean? Um, especially with these MCU superhero movies, uh, dads mm. typically suck. Like they typically are not very good. Uh, so I actually kind of like her dad. That's like kind of time I liked it. Um, uh, uh, Abu, uh, as she refers to him as, I know his real name is, is different, but yeah, yeah, he's like he's often the best part. I pray uh, I may not like, and then may not like a lot of aspects of the show, but. I praised the episode three where he was talking to his son and like he was talking uh, talking to him. It felt very genuine and uh, every time Abu's talking, you're like, "Yeah, okay, he gets it. It's cool." Like, yeah, that those are good scenes. The actor who plays him does a really good job at just uh, playing to someone who's like you understand why. Like, you, you just get the feeling like he just he loves his kids and he likes his family and he's concerned and he just wants to make sure they're on the right path. Mm. Yeah, I like the, and the mom. I also think is very good. The actress who plays her mom. I also think I like the family. I like the, the mm. really stuff I like about it is the family, is the culture, is them doing the stuff with it. You know, they're talking about that type of stuff. So they everything get, that's wedding. uniquely Kamala Khan, that's the parts that are best. The yes. small scale, unique stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. That's the stuff. Is like, all right, if you're gonna go niche, go all the way in, bring it down, and then like maybe next season we can talk about. Like, they could have ended with the stinger of, like, the next, oh, after she gets back, whatever. You need to come home to Pakistan and to talk about, like, oh, the bracelet that I sent you. And it's like, Nani, 
it was like, what is this about? Or whatever. Mm. That could have been the whole other season. Yeah. That's, I think, yeah, that stuff, I, I mentioned that, I think, in our last episode uh, review, uh, where I said, yeah, a lot of this stuff feels like season two stuff, where she's exploring the history of the bangle and stuff like that. It's like, I mean, I get that you're trying to bring in this history and, uh, you know, have an explanation of the power of the bangle and all this other stuff and where does it come from. I, I get that, but, you know, maybe save that for season two um, and just let's let's get to know really this character and you know, her ex kind of exploring the powers yeah. and everything like that. Six uh, episodes is fine if you've made a condensed character study. And yeah. a very fine-tuned, like, understanding her area, her friends, her community. That works. But when you take half of it and then go in this completely generic Marvel movie thing and to go, like, to another place entirely, you mo- you lose a lot of that momentum. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the supporting cast, uh, you know, like I said, with, yeah. you know, not only oh, moving past her family. I liked her friends. I, you know, I liked her, um, her female best friend. Uh, what was her name? Nakia. I liked her. Yeah. I, I thought she was good. Um, you yeah. know, I like kind of the whole stuff with her when she was running for, I think I forgot what it was like the president of the mosque or like. Head uh, the- so she was running, she was a board member. So basically she would be like, she would be like the community member. Yeah. She'd be helping making decisions on the mosque. Yeah, I like that little well, kind of giving insight storyline going on with her. Like, did we ever find out if she ever won or if she ever did? Yes, yeah, she actually says, um, like, when she doesn't show up or she doesn't like call her back. Oh, okay. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, uh, hey, like, hey, um, when they when they hug or like in episode five, whenever she gets back, and it's like, hey, uh, I didn't hear anything back from you. That means it's like, uh, I won. It was all thanks to you that I, I took the chance. And then at the very end, when they're like recapping all the characters, she's talking to the guy with with the, uh, she said like to the, uh, the the head of the mosque, and she's like, no, no, this needs to be changed, this needs to be changed, and he's like, what? what? You can't just like, like they're they're arguing because she's like, nope, this needs to be updated, this needs to be, we need to put money into this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I like that. I thought that was good. Um, with her, um, the, the stuff like, of course, you know, with these superhero things, you're gonna have to deal with like. Why didn't you tell me your secret identity? You know, I thought we were friends and things like that. Um, did you think they'd done away with that too quickly? Or do you think they kind of was like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. I get it. Or did, did you, like, what did you think about that? That whole, like, his, uh, we're talking about Comron, right? Uh, oh, the, oh the, the friend. Yeah. That was way too quick. But also, that whole scene was one of those things where it's, why is this even an issue? Like, she brings up, like, a legitimate argument at one point when she's like, I don't like heroes, so I thought you'd kind of hate me. She's like, well, I'd always like it. He's like, yeah, but, like, what if you didn't? And I didn't want to put you in danger or your Bruno in danger, but Bruno just kind of was there. Please don't be mad. Mm. And you're like, it's kind of like, what? well, I can't really argue with that, kind of. Mm. It, again, it's one of those things where I the beat, they play with the beats of what you would be. This serial reminded me a lot of the CW. Mm. This reminded me a lot of like watching a CW show and going, "Oh, I've seen these beats before." Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. With the chat here, so Javon Good says, "Yeah, Damage Control was a joke. In Spider-Man: Homecoming, they were serious and shut Vulture down. Here, they were a joke." Um, in regards to talking about Damage Control in this season, um, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. I understand what they were from a story perspective of Damage Control being this government entity. 
um, and then Kamala being someone who is a minority and, you know, and you have this, who is clearly like this, you know, person who's really chasing after her, um, the actress name, let me, let me pull her up real quick, um, because I remember her, she was in, uh, uh, Orange is the New Black, she was like the warden of, uh, Orange is the New Black before the other guy took over, um, I remember her, that character there, um, I'm trying to pull up her name right now, um, uh, Eliza Renner is her name, um, Elisa Renner, mm. Um, yeah, she's kind of one of the main people that's really going after Kamala extra hard. And you see that there's clearly kind of racist undertones there for, you know, why she is going after, um, you know, her as hard as she as she does. Um, yeah, I, I understand what they're trying to do there with that um, in that element. I didn't hate it. I just thought, again, if you made damage control, it, you didn't, I mean, it could have been better if you didn't add also this other threat there of this world ending type of threat. Um, it could have maybe worked. Um, Ready M for Immaturity says, uh, he's responding to John Good. Uh, ha ha ha. This whole thing reminds me of DC trying to jump too far ahead and cram storylines together, like Batman v Superman jumping ahead immediately. Carol left them without a good reason for Kamala to go by uh, Miss Marvel. The history that informs these motivations don't exist. Um, do you think that, you know, Kamala being a super fan of Captain Marvel makes sense? Do you think? That's kind of well done. And her name I mean, in the series. I mean, she gained literally everything. She obtained literally everything from someone else. So I'm actually... I kind of don't like that as a superhero. You need to at least... If you're going to do a concept... I have no problem with someone helping you make your concept. That's fine. But Bruno makes basically her, her suit stuff. Hmm. She Her mom makes her suit officially... Her dad gives her her name. Yeah. It's kind of like, can you like, can you quantify anything about your character yourself? Mm. Please. That like That's a bare minimum. Even with uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, I don't like a lot of the new Spider-Man stuff. I think, th I, I like him well enough, but there's some parts I do. At least in Homecoming, I did enjoy the fact that he had his, his original suit was something he just made by himself. It was something that was like a baseline. It was a neighborhood Spider-Man thing. It's something that he used as a baseline. That's nice. He knew the concept and he made it. It wasn't perfect, but it makes sense. Mm. She just kind of gets her this suit and just kind of handed all these things. And that, deteri that deteriorates you as like a character if you're not like constantly striving or doing the best that you can without the limitations. Hmm. She's just able to get around so much, so many things that I got bored watching this series. And that's the biggest sin. Mm. I was bored watching it. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I was bored because I think the lead actress is very good. Um, I like her uh, mm. quite a bit. Uh, you know, I'm interested to see her character come back in the Marvels and what they do um, with her kind of character kind of there. And I think she will have some good chemistry with Brie Larson and, uh, Tiana, um, Paris, um, you know, in, in, in the movie, I think she, she will, um, I believe so. Um, you know, um, when it comes to kind of the big reveal of this episode, that everybody's talking about, um, you know, a big spoiler is she's technically, like I said, they've moved away from the Inhumans route. Um, the Inhuman show, I never watched it, but it got terrible reviews. It was hated, um, just like how Iron Fist was. You know, it was, you know, kind of one of the things that's big, big, you know, universally hated that the MCU has done. 
Um, so in this one, it you know they said like when Bruno's talking to her, he said that she has a mutation in her genes, and then the X Men theme song, the nineteen nineties uh, X Men animated theme song, starts to play. So it's basically confirming that Kamala is a mutant, that she is maybe the MCU's first mutant that we see. Um, what's your feelings on that? Well, uh, so, yeah, so my feeling on that are, uh, I think that's, I don't, it's very clear to me that they have no idea what they're doing. They just kind of threw whatever to see what sticks. I think that's a very poor introduction to the mutants, if that's true. Honestly, uh, her being an inhuman is fine enough. You really didn't need to... The, the Inhumans, fine. If the show didn't work out, fine. Just use her as a platform and just continue with it anyways and then just in organically weave them in. Don't even bother with the series. Just organically weave these characters in and then introduce them slowly. You can't do it with the series, then do it with better writing. Mm. Changing her already was like, okay, fine. All right. But if you wanted to introduce... You probably introduce Black Bolt anyways into the uh, MCU... So you're like, okay, so you've already introduced this character, and he's an Inhuman. Why not just keep Kamal Khan then as he is an Inhuman? Why change it to this completely new thing that is completely made up for this MCU? And then go back on it almost and say, oh, no, but really, she's like a mutant. And you're like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> like, that that's actually what I felt. The moment of... Uh, so she just has to be everything. She literally just has to be everything at this point. Um, you don't have confidence. So the stuff with that, so like you mentioned, like, so the Inhuman show, the stuff that um, Jeff Loeb, who is the head of Marvel TV, um, right? I think it was Jeff Loeb who's the head of Marvel TV, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or was it Ike Polmurder? Uh, was it? Um, but uh, somebody can let me know in the chat. Um, but that stuff is not canon. Like the Inhuman show isn't. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't believe isn't. So the stuff that was like on ABC... That stuff's not canon um, uh, to the to the to the universe, um, and they did introduce Black Bolt um, again in the Doctor Strange Two Multiverse of Madness. Um, spoilers, I guess, for that if you haven't seen it already, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, but you see, he's part of the Illuminati, and it's funny walking away from that movie. I think they were thinking like, "Oh, John Krasinski is Mister Fantastic. He's going to get the biggest reaction." But honestly, after I think I saw more online people talking about um, Black Bolt. I think more people talk about, oh my God, can you believe Black Bolt? He looks so cool. When that show was got shitted on and shitted on, more people so I think about that away from that. Yeah. So the thing about like the Inhumans is Black Bolt and the Inhumans are interesting characters. They actually are kind of cool. Uh -huh. The problem with that show is they tried to treat it like Game of Thrones. Mm. Yeah. I actually, so. Treating Black Bolt seriously and his relationship with Medusa, that's fine. I actually like what they did in uh, having like Robert Bolton as the brother, uh, as like his as his brother um, who's trying to always outsmart him and use his intelligence because he doesn't actually have a physical inhuman power, but he's very intelligent. That's fine. That could have worked, but it missed the camp that also should have been a bit of like lightheartedness that also should have been there. And I think the effects were not there especially with a medusa's hair you oh just, yeah you you need to have a better budget for that kind of thing yeah you could have still worked i just think it was just the wrong time you know what i mean it just didn't come out at the right time and it just didn't hit people right because mm. i actually watched it 
And it wasn't awful, but it was very like, okay, this is rough. This is very rough. But the concept, I like that like you're introduced to like Black Bolt and like without really seeing anything, he remembers his parents and like whatever happened to them and just said it he like he says why and his voice alone like killed his parents by accident. Just mm. from his voice. And that's why he's like silent. Mm. I also this also like should be some effort applauded to the actor because for the show, he actually made up sign language based on sign language that he said, I am based it on actual sign language and it did interpretations of it because then humans would have a variant of it. It wouldn't yeah. be exactly the same. That's commitment. You're like, yeah. That's like, yeah. He like, that's actual commitment. So like everything he's signing did have a basis on something. It just wasn't exactly what they would have done. But he wasn't just whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Black Bolt's an interesting kind of cool character. So, I don't know what they're doing. If you're going to introduce the mutants, like, you go... it The traditional way you probably would do it is Jean Grey and probably Scott Summers. Jean Grey, Scott Summers, some of the original crew, and Dr. Xavier and Magneto. You go that route. Yeah. That's the way you probably introduce the the X-Men into the MCU. Hell, even if it's like a multiverse clashing into it, or just them showing up along with Reed Richards or whatever, mm-hmm. or they they were there before and only now they're being more relevant. They've been keeping kind of hidden or something, whatever. There's a bunch of ways you can go with it. Yeah, having her being inhuman and having that show up is way more interesting because then that actually would have been kind of interesting with the humans stayed out of the battle and they were just on the moon the entire time. Mm. That that's like okay. They're just on the moon, and whatever happened to Earth, they're like, Thanos is going to show up to Earth. We're not really going to be affected by yeah. that snap. Uh, well, I mean, it, it affected all the universe. Though. I know. But, like, the humans are already, like, half of whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, they're already the strongest survive kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, and Javon Good mentioned... on the version. Oh, Javon Good mentioned also, I guess, second introducing you... To a mutant because they did Charles Xavier and Doctor Strange too, which yeah. I don't really. It's yeah. technically the second. You're right. You're right. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, that's in another Still. universe, so I don't really kind of count that all that much. Yeah. Um. Let's see what the chat is saying here. Uh. Ready for maturity says I think I just think this still takes away from her motivations and fandom. Um. And what personality of the character is mentioned in Kamala Khan, like getting her name. Um, Javon, this is why I think they get they got rid of the animation because her hearing a lot of Marvel employees complain about the short deadlines of CGI. Um, and, and then Radiant from Maturity says, agree with us. I think the actress is phenomenally ca- well cast and the family dynamics are great. But every time this show turns around with the superhero genre, my eyes glaze over. Uh, Javon Good also remarked about the mom's acting was great her writing overall was all over the place though the mom was talking about yes. how the superhero is pretty much irresponsible then what she finds out her daughter she's happy yeah that was kind of confusing uh the stuff with the mom like you know when they find out that because this is also in the comics as well like the family finds out that she's a superhero and everything um yeah how her mom makes that change of like she doesn't even trust her daughter to go to a comic-con uh but she trusts her daughter to fight crime yeah, it's like, like what are you going to do with the party Oh, yeah. you're just uh, Isaac. Uh, it's, are you? Are there going to be boys there? And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um. So th- that, t- yeah, that to me was kind of inconsistent there. Um. I thought. 
Um, Radiant Infirmaturity says, The show fails massively by leaving the inhuman elements out. A massive moment in her character development is accidentally shape-shifting into her, her white bully and realizing she doesn't actually want to change uh, herself like she may have thought. Her powers are meant to be reflective of her journey in accepting her culture and skin color, when at the beginning she feels different and isolated for not looking uh, like many of her peers. Um, That's a good point. Um, the bringing up the shape-shifting um, element here. Um, well, That's I'll wait. Point. Um, I'll wait there. But that is a very good... That sounds like a very great story um, in the comics there of, of that. That sounds very, very good if you kept that. Um, I saw something where the creator of the Kamala Khan comic um, said that they always intended her for, to, for her to be a mutant, but they couldn't make her a mutant because at the time, Fox still owned the mutants when Kamala Khan's character was being created, and they didn't want to make more mutants for their competitor to, you know, get their hands on. Like, why would we create all these sure. great characters and everything? So that's why they really... At the, there was a moment where, in the comics, they were really... Oh, there really, was a big moment, yeah. Where yeah, they were they really... really yeah. Uh, where they were really, really, really pushing in humans because they didn't want to do more mutants uh, because Fox owned the mutants and everything like that. Uh, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I mean... Another alternative, what they also did, I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but the Avengers video game also brought up an interesting alternative where she was affected by, like, it's like a mutant without being a mutant from an incident that altered their DNA, and Kamala Khan, like, was changed from that. So they changed the, oh, I'm inhuman to, like, a, not quite a mutant, but something else from altered for that moment. So there are many ways they could have gone about it. And still kept the shape changing and the identity crisis. Again, I think this show more than ever, it needed to have been a low, st it needed to be a lower stakes show. Mm. It should have been more about the family and culture, and almost should have just been a like a six episode fun little romp. That if you didn't like, if you saw it, you got a good introduction to her character. If you never watched the show and you see her show up in the movie later, you're like, oh. Well, Kamala Khan's in a movie now. I didn't know she showed up. Uh, she's in the MCU. There you go. There's your actual introduction to her. But if you want to know more about her character and stuff, you can watch the the six episode miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, Ready Infirmary brings up the shape shifting. So another big kind of uh, stinger here with this show at the end is that we believe that she shapeshifts into Carol Danvers, who is Captain Marvel. Um, because she's kind of like in her room looking around. Um, so they may have like swapped places. So this may give basis of what's kind of going to be the setup for the Miss, the Marvel's movie. Um, what's kind of going to happen there. Um, I mean, not really, I guess all that much to kind of talk about there. It's just like, they kind of, it seems like she kind of shapeshift there or, or not shapeshift. They swap places, um, actually, which was so, done in the comics when Captain yeah. Marvel and Marvel, they've done that before. They have. Um, hopefully, hopefully they'll treat Marvel a little bit better in this than they did in the initial uh, movie. They. Uh, he's still alive, right? He is. He's still alive. Yeah. Um, so they in the movie they tried to be like, oh, that AI, that's that's Marvel, and then people were not happy about that, and they're like, okay, yeah, like he's like, he's the actual Marvel's going to show up in this in the Marvels. Mm. Uh, so they kind of re uh, recon that goop or whatever their interpretation of that in that one. Also, so she transported out into as a, I hope she, uh, Carol Difference wasn't in space at that moment because I just <laughs> wanted to see a cut of like yeah. Kamala Khan just dead in space. Yeah, like all floating, blow, blue in the face. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. She's got the bangle. She can make like a little force field around herself. I guess. Like yeah, barely. And she's but she's still gonna have to float in space. Yeah. She has to fall asleep sometime. <laughs> uh yeah, that's a good point. Um yeah, uh, Radiant from Immaturity says it makes no sense for her to be a big fan of Captain Marvel in this universe because she spent next to no time on Earth in the MCU. Well, I think also, I mean, to counter that a little bit, you see that. A lot of people know information about like Endgame and the big fight and everything like that. And how do they know that information? Because, well, Ant-Man has a podcast. So that's how they know all these different things and elements and stuff like that of what happens. So, um, Ant-Man, uh, there are also probably cameras that were just still barely functional that were probably watching some of the attack. Yeah. Telling me that like that Avengers campaign didn't still have cameras even though it was like half destroyed. Hmm. Yeah. There's many, there are many different things. It's such a big event that there's no way some people didn't see or at least get some f- footage left over, even though if you try to cover it up. But anyways, um, what's your what's your final rating, man? Um, oh, let me oh, let me read this one last thing. Uh, yeah, I think we made a mistake here. Uh, Radiant oh. from Immaturity says Marvel was her female mentor, the woman uh, that was building the jet. Use oh, okay, right, right. 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 I'm sorry, but Marvel is it Marvel, the actual character in the comics, yeah. is Captain Marvel. Yeah, and he was the Cree hero. That's what I'm referring to. They mentioned that the ma- the actual Captain Marvel will be in the Marvels movie. Oh, I okay. know that that AI was supposed to be. They're like, oh no, that's actually Marvel. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. Mm. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for me, uh, the final rating I would give this um, series overall, um, I would give it just a stream it for me. Um, you know, it's funny. Somebody, you know, they, they put the question out, like, how would you rank all these different Disney Plus series so far? Um, and I gave my ranking of them. I think it's it's better than Hawkeye. I think it's better than What If. So it's kind of somewhere towards the middle of these shows. Um, I really like the family dynamic stuff. I like the lead actress a lot. Um, I like some of the side characters. I like her friends. Um, Bruno, I don't know. They're making him like a super genius. I, I don't know all that stuff. Like he's able to. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. I, took, I can totally tell that you have like a DNA thing. I'm like, who, who uh, gave you the technology to do all this? You, you know? need to have actually done something with that. That's impossible with your level of yeah. whatever. Um, so yeah, so that, that was, uh, you know, I mean, unless he's an inhuman. Yeah. Maybe that would be, you know, he, he, he's an inhuman too. We don't know who his parents are. They died. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they'll do pull something with him. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. He's like, Bruno, you're an inhuman. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean, so I put it towards somewhere in the middle. Um, when it comes to like the superhero stuff and that i'm just not that i wasn't that interested in that was the least stuff i was interested in i know that's kind of the bread and butter of you want your superhero to show to have some good superhero stuff in it um yeah i i mean i just think it's kind of just average you know and i would kind of just give it a stream it there's some really good qualities in here but i think it, it kind of just suffers from like those things that we talked about of kind of lackluster villains lack you know huge stakes that when you didn't have to have these huge stakes um some kind of character motivations that don't make a ton of sense. Um, yeah. So I just give it a stream it for me. Um, what about you? The beginning of it was fine, quirky, a little cringy at times, but it was, it's, it's doing its own thing. 
once you get past like the, the second half, uh, the first half, I should say, of the third episode, it really just goes downhill from there. It feels like it, it kind of goes into this mess that doesn't quite, like, it's never quite able to stumble its way out of, even with the finale. It's just so, there's so many laughable moments in there that I just, just can't take this thing seriously. And the resolutions are so quick and so, like, we got to wrap this up, guys. Snapping fingers. We got to wrap this up. Mm. That I just couldn't, I couldn't really get involved in it. Mm. On the one hand, I do like some of the aspects. I do like the actors and what uh, what they're trying to do with the material, but that doesn't justify the series and watching it. Uh, aside from like a couple of characters here and there, and the like, the episode five and her, her like her great grandmother, how stunning uh, she is as an actress. I can't really, rec- <laughs> I can't really. I'm just gonna be honest, man. I can't really recognize in this. The mm. show too much. This is like a if you really like a big big Kamala fan, this is a low low stream it. But for everyone else who isn't like Kamala Khan or isn't really big in this character, like you can just skip it. You're not missing much. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, rating him for immaturity. He's a big Kamala fan. I'd be interested to see what his rating uh, is. Absolutely. For um yeah he says uh well the ai wasn't even an ai it's a gigantic green head in a jar called the supreme intelligence as an actual god on the kree homeworld they had cutscenes where we actually saw the giant green head even um javon good mission was that scene in the trailer where she says i'm a superhero and runs off even in the show uh i don't remember that um i don't know she probably does that probably is not in the actual show uh um, Ready M for Immaturity says, every project has had world or universe ending stakes in phase four. I swear if they bring Daredevil back and have him stop something world ending. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, some of these, yeah, I will get into a larger conversation. I'll move on from Miss Marvel real quick. But um, yeah, that was uh, our Miss Marvel review uh, there, season one. Um, yeah. Uh, Ready M for Immaturity says, the iHeart. Kamala fan myself, I think this is some old bullshit uh, on the DT scale, which is what is your full rating system? Our full rating system, so our highest rating is this is cinema. That's our highest one. Then we have tune in. Um, then we vary from like low tune in, high tune in. Um, then we do tune out, which is, you know, basically it's not that good. Um, then after that, then there's um, stream it, which is like a just, you know, like a rental. Then waste of fucking film is basically would be kind of uh, some old bullshit to a fuck you if you're doing the DT scale. That's I mean, don't forget skip it. Skip is like basically the some old bullshit. Skip it. Okay, yeah, skip it. Um, is is kind of some old bullshit too, I guess. So yeah, and then waste of fucking film is a, would be a, a fuck you. Yeah, if you. Um, yeah, um, yeah. But I saw I saw some diehard Kamala fans like I love her in the comics. They they really like the show. Some people do, so it depends, I guess. Um, it depends, uh, but with the Marvel, with the Phase Four stuff, yeah, I mean, with a lot of these things, it's it's kind of world ending. Black Widow, I don't think you had to make that world ending stakes of anything. Don't think you had to do that with that. Um, Thor Four, uh, world ending. I mean, I guess because he's trying to commit genocide of gods. I guess, I guess you could say that's kind of world ending. I believe maybe. Um, yeah, I guess you would count that one. Um, yeah, you see a lot of kind of Shang-Chi was kind of the same thing too. Um, Doctor Strange 2 was that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you yeah, have kind of a lot of that stuff. Um, I'm going to be doing a discussion with uh, 
Anthony. Uh, Anthony Stokes is kind of going to come on. We're going to do a little talk about stuff like that. Maybe a little debate about Marvel stuff uh, later on, maybe next week. Uh, Juan Good says, I would have loved it if they brought Daredevil and Hawkeye. I think Hawkeye is my second favorite after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, okay. Um, Javon Good, what would you give Miss Marvel if you had to give a rating for that? All right. For me, I would, with these Disney Plus shows, I would personally go like WandaVision, then after WandaVision, Loki, then like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I believe. Then I put it on Twitter. I put a whole list on Twitter. I'll pull it up later. All right. So moving on from discussing Miss Marvel. Um, we're going to be getting into, I'm going to be giving my review of The Gray Man real quick. I'm going to be doing a quick review of that. Uh, the Gray Man, uh, which is the new Russo Brothers film, uh, which is a, which we've got a limited release, uh, in theaters this week. Um, you can only kind of find it in a couple of places. It's going to be coming on Netflix next week. Um, and it has a star-studded cast, as most of these kind of big Netflix movies do. Uh, here you have Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling, Andre Armas. Um, it, this film is about Ryan Gosling, um, who plays um, a character just kind of assassin, you know, referred to as Six, uh, Sierra Six, which is kind of his call sign in this. Um, he gets recruited out of prison um, to work for the CIA by Billy Bob Thornton's character. Uh, and he starts to kind of go on these different missions working for the CIA. Eventually, he starts to learn information that he isn't supposed to learn, and that requires them to kind of hunt after him and kill him. Uh, one of these people leading this manhunt is Chris Evans, uh, who is plays a character called Lloyd in the movie, who is another psychotic assassin himself. Um, <clears throat> so the budget on this movie um, is $200 million dollars. Um, it mm. goes into another thing with these Netflix movies, just like with Red Notice, where they, you know, Netflix writes a big check uh, for a lot of these things and basically just says, hey, get, a, get some good, big stars and shoot something. Um, and let's see if we can attract a big viewership from it. Um, a lot of these Netflix original movies, when they do kind of thing, when they try to attempt a lot of these big blockbuster things, uh, they usually fall flat on their face. Uh, and I think this is another case of that here. Uh, you know, you know, just like how I kind of felt about Red Notice, I said this about these Netflix movies, it kind of feels like they do them in a, like an algorithm, you know, where it's kind of like they, they kind of spin a wheel and they type in the data, um, where they kind of got to go like, okay, who's kind of the biggest, some of the biggest stars right now? It's like, oh, okay, Chris Evans, he's really big. Captain America, Ryan Gosling, he's really big. Anna de Armas, she's really hot right now. She's, you know, the kind of a great sexy leading lady right now who's very, very good. You know, who can we kind of throw into a movie in, 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 in these kind of movies? Um, and who's kind of a big-time director can we come to do this? Um, yeah, I mean, Russo Brothers, you know, MC work, things like Infinity War, things like Winter Soldier, uh, you know, making hugely kind of popular films like that. Um, when it kind of comes to this movie, it's generic. And generic doesn't always have to be a bad thing if you can just wow people with the action, with the effects, with the performances, um, here you have some big action set piece. Some are entertaining, but also it's also you just don't really care about any of the characters or really what's going on. At least I found myself not doing that so much. Um, some are just, you know, no personality at all. Um, even when you have a case like, let's say, John Wick um, with those movies, those movies can be, I mean, the, it's a simple premise, right? Guy, dog gets killed. He wants revenge. Very, very simple. But through do you know through the directing of it, 
through the action of it, through the world-building elements of it, um, you really feel immersed in it, and you really are just very, very much, you know, you know, immersed in it and think it's a great film. And that's why I think a film like John Wick stands out so much. Uh, and why a film like this fails is it, you know, has some good action set pieces, but mostly it's kind of an ugly looking movie. It's kind of dull looking. Um, you know, none of it really, none of the performances really stand out. Chris Evans, he's pl- he's kind of playing against type here, being this psychotic type killer. Uh, you know, and he's probably having a little bit of fun playing this role, but it's nothing really that remarkable. Uh, Andy Armas, we saw her play a better assassin in No Time to Die. Uh, well, she was much, much better in that. You have, of course, when you have the government agency that's hunting after the spy or assassin or whatever, you're going to have the, like, you know, bureaucratic, you know, kind of middle management type people here. Um, that's played by Jessica Hedwig. Um, that's also played by, uh, Reggie, uh, Jean Page, who people know from Bridgerton. Um, they're the, you know, kind of asshole, kind of middle management type people that, you know, kind of, you know, also kind of operating the manhunt from behind the scenes. You know, again, stock type villains, stock type of personalities that you've seen in a hundred other things before. Um, really nothing that interesting. Um, and when I even saw the trailer for this, the trailer really was just about what I expected coming into the movie. Um, a generic type action film. Um, throughout the time I was watching it in theater, I was like, yeah, I would probably feel a little bit better if I was just sitting at home um, watching it on Netflix instead of actually being in a theater for this. Um, so for me, I would give it uh, a low stream it for me. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, Dusk, any, any thoughts on it? I know no, you didn't uh... see it, but just you know your impressions if you saw the trailer or anything like that i mean it seemed i like the russo brothers i like their work they did with the mcu it's probably some of the best work in the mcu so it is interesting to see what they kind of do with a similar kind of budget and uh yeah i'm curious to see uh see it myself just to get my own opinions on it but um yeah, it's been getting a lot of mixed with uh, praise being the ensemble cast with all the other cons being, you know, the uh, kind of more of a generic kind of script and story. But, um, yeah, from from what you described, that seems to be what, what a lot of people are kind of describing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just generic. And, you know, it, you know, it's kind of like I said, these spy assassin movies, God knows too much and they got to chase after him. Again, if you can make that interesting, you know, you bring in some cool characters, you know, you know, you do some good, you know, action set pieces. And there's some good action set pieces here, but it's just nothing spectacular. Um, right. You know, um, Jaranga said, forget the MCU, what about Extraction? That was badass. Yeah, Extraction was good. Um, Old Guard, that was a good one. That was a Netflix original movie. Um, that was one of the very, um, yeah, Old Guard was one of those ones that kind of surprised some aspects. It was a little bit different. Yeah, um, there's also the extremes of the spy genre. There are ones like the super extreme where taking its time, like Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, or like that's like the exact opposite of like James Bond, where it is so slow, so methodical. Yeah, uh, it's it's like there's a lot of different avenues. It's like more close, I guess, to what actual spy work is, you know? Yeah, yeah but I don't know. That's that's kind of yeah. fucking boring. <laughs> I don't think yeah. we want to no, see no, no. Like, 
No, I know. So, like, Ticket Tale and Silver Spy is one of those, like, oh, it's very well done. It's very well acted. Slept as I got, I fell asleep through half of it. Yeah. Like, just one of those, like, you're just gonna, you need, you need like, a clap sound effect, loud sound effect to go, like, halfway through. Every, like, quarter. All right. Keep away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's it's about what I expected from, yeah, seeing the trailer yeah. and everything like that. Um, You know, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, it's just like you could just sit at home, watch it on Netflix, yeah, and and maybe get some good, enjoyable moments out of it, and that's about it. Um, all right, so we're gonna be moving on from discussing uh, the Gray Man, getting into Resident Evil, Resident Evil TV series that is on Netflix right now. I'm only four episodes in, as well as Dusk. Um, they are gonna be continuing to do this Resident Evil stuff. It seems like they just pumping Resident Evil. Um. TV shows, movies. We just had a movie come out, uh, Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, was that had two. last year? Yeah, that was last year. Right? That or, was early last year. Yeah, uh, which I thought was one of the worst uh, movies of the year uh, last year. It, yeah, it was pretty bad. I, um, I'll, I'll be openly honest. I was really too nice to it. I gave it just like, eh, it's, it's pretty mediocre, pretty bad. Like, I guess because I'm just in shock from all the other, like, of the other Resident Evil movies that came out, that I'm like, well, I mean, I guess it's better than some of them, <laughs> but not by much, but like enough to give it like, it's like a four or five out of 10. It's like, you don't have to see it. I'd say like a skip it, but I, I really thinking on it and really taking my time. Yeah, no, it's like, especially when you guys were reviewing it, because hmm. I reviewed it first, you guys didn't, then you guys reviewed it next. Yeah. And uh, it was like, yeah, when you guys were just confect, uh, just going on and I'm like, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was being too nice on it. This is uh, this is crap. This is really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. So for me, I mean, I've seen I've seen some yeah. of the Mila Jojovich movies. I know that really doesn't really have much to do with any of the video games. It's almost nothing to do with it. But aside I, from the very first one, I do think the first movie is the best live action Resident Evil thing that we. Unfortunately, got. I do. I think. I and I don't think it's. I don't think it's a bad movie. I I I mean I don't no. think it's that great, but I just think it's decent. It it is the best one they've given, which it, as a Resident Evil fan means it's like oh, this is still kind of bad. It's hard being a Resident Evil fan, man. I'm gonna be honest. It's hard being a Resident Evil fan. Hmm. We're, we've had to put up with so much crap. Uh-huh. Uh. John Good mentions the Infinite uh, Darkness. Uh, did you see that? Which oh, is that, the animated. Yeah, that was the yeah that was the CGI one with Leon and then Claire. Yeah, I saw Infinite Darkness. It was fine. Mm. It was okay. Okay. Um, and then he John Good says I like the first Resident Evil movie, mentioned the 2002 one with Mila Jovovich, but the second movie. Uh, uh, and second movie. Uh, he says well he also liked the first and second one, but the rest are some old bullshit. Um, yeah. So. Dusk, I'll let you talk about it. Uh, what is the Resident Evil TV series on Netflix? Give us the rundown. I'll let you go in. Oh, Lord. Uh, so, the story is about uh, two sisters and their father that move into a new facility in a place called uh, New Raccoon City. And they're starting their new life as, um, as uh, daughters to a scientist who works for Umbrella. And while they're there, they start learning things about their father that uh, that they didn't know about, and learning about the corporation that they've been working about. Meanwhile, 
15 years in the future, one of, is like one of the sisters is uh, is uh, has a job observing the uh, observing what has happened to the world in the 15 years in the zombie quote unquote zombie apocalypse that has occurred, and she's doing so in order to make money so that she can return to her family, is a family and find uh, if the uh, virus strain has changed in that time. And we switch back and forth between her as her younger self, mm -hmm. uh, 15 years ago, and to current time, what's happening with her now. And the narratives between the two collide as the future and past meet in one as the story continues. Does that sound about right? Yep. Yep. You pretty much asked kind of the main points. Um, you know, it's, it's in the future. In London, you see 14 years in the future, the year 2036. Um... And yeah, Flash is kind of back and forth uh, in between those two things, in between those, both those timelines. Um, and you have the family, which is following the Wesker family here, uh, which you'll notice a little something different about the Weskers, maybe, you know, uh, that you've normally uh, have seen in past video games and adaptations. Um, they got a little crispier, you know, just, just yeah. a tad bit, um, you know, bit. you know, you have Lance Reddick here. Um, who people might know, Lance Reddick. Um, he's been tons of stuff. Great character actor. Um, I love Especially Lance Reddick. John Wick. Yeah, he was the uh, f guy who worked at the front desk in the John Wick movies. Of course, he was also in the highly, um, highly regarded, critically acclaimed, multi multiple Emmy winning, Emmy nominated series on HBO called The Wire. Um, mm -hmm. Back in the day, which he was in there as well. Um, who plays Albert Wesker, who is a scientist for Umbrella. Uh, his two daughters, you have Jade and Billy Wesker. Um, you have the younger uh, Wesker sister here, Billy. Let me pull up her name real quick. Who's played by Sienna uh, Ogdong. Um, and then you have Jade Wesker, who's the older sister here, um, who's played by Alana Balinski. Um, the younger kind of Jade sister that we see, the teenage version, Tamara Smart, who plays the teenage version uh, of Jade. Um... I will say I like Lance Reddick. Um, I think he's, you know, good in the series from what I've seen so far, four episodes in. Um, I like that moment. There's like a moment where the girls, they do that typical thing of the girls adjusting into a new environment and they're coming mm -hmm. to some struggles. And one of the girls, the younger one, Billy, um, she gets bullied and then, you know, he gets called into the principal's office um, and her, her dad has to come down there. I did like that scene of like he's dressing that dude down. Like that was actually kind of, kind of funny. I don't know. I just like that. Um, I mean, Les Reddick does have a very commanding presence and voice, you know, just with his look and everything like that. So I thought that scene was was kind of good. Um, as far as the series kind of getting you invested in like the sisters and their relationship, um, I think they have some good chemistry together. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of generic family kind of sister kind of bond a little bit um a little some people have compared it to like a cw show um i see that you know in terms of you know kind of what's kind of going on here a little bit of like the teen drama and everything like that with aggressive like, teen drama yeah i i mean i i, I kind of see that here uh with that um what did you think about the weskers what did you think about the family uh Lance Reddick is good. I have rarely seen him not give a good performance. Even in uh, 
even if the quality of the medium that he's in is not great. He is doing the best he can with the material he's given. Um, I think his daughters, uh, Jade and Billy, are they're fine. I think there's a little too much like CWism where they keep talking about each other and it feels like almost empty dialogue that they go back and forth with, but for drama's sake, but they do find enough of what they're given. Um, yeah, I just, but real quick question, Josh, uh, what does this have to do with Resident Evil? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that's what I was going to ask you. I, I mean, I, you know, I've played some of the games. Uh, we've streamed uh, playing some of the games on here. Uh, we just was playing the RE2. We're going to finish that game. Yeah. I'll fi- if, if, we're going to do it. Yeah. Javon Good also, he's going to play with me as well. He's going to please also also come in as well um, and help me kind of finish that game. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to ask you that question. You being the big Resident Evil guy. I mean, I see yeah. a lot of some of the – I see some of the Resident Evil zombies in here. Like you have the liquors. Yeah. You, you have the zombie dog that pops up in here. Um, you also have the – Hell, ch- I'd be more than happy to play some of the Resident Evil games on stream because I love them so much. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to see you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have the chainsaw guy who's from the Resident Evil games who also oh, makes geez, yeah. who Resident also makes 4. an appearance here. Um, so is it? I mean, it, you know, is it just them just taking the property, the name, and kind of running with it, and kind of like we want to do our own story? Is is that kind of what's happening here? So, all right. So what's what's worse, Josh? What do you think is worse? Uh, Welcome to Raccoon City, which is aesthetically mm. costumes, environment, and uh, plot-wise, as a, and like just aesthetically, most everything looks t- canon. Everything looks exactly the way they do from the video games. Yeah. Except the plot, characters, and some of the actors are not is like a do not fit at all, and it's a complete bastardization of the plot of the games. Or a series that has absolutely nothing to do with Resident Evil and uses it just is like just for a few lines and characters and like little things here and there. What's worse? Well, for me, I thought Welcome to Raccoon City. Um, I thought that movie was terrible. Um, I, yeah. I thought it was awful. I mean, there's no getting around that. Uh, up and down. Um, this, I think, is better than welcome to raccoon city i know it's not a high sure. bar to uh to jump over um sure. i thought you know it just was much worse in terms of everything writing uh the direction of it uh how they try to jam everything together you know plot wise yeah. you know to I me mean, from like the games yeah. and they try to combine mm-hmm. one and two and it, it just didn't it didn't make a lot of sense and it, it just it, i yeah anyone could have told them that yeah um this I will say is better. It, I think they said that this series currently has the highest rating of any Resident Evil thing, you know, movie or show. This has the highest rating, I believe. At um, right now, Rotten Tomatoes, it's fifty eight percent. So slow clap. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you know what I mean. It it, it kind of has that. Um, you know, I guess going for it. Um, I could see somebody who takes Resident Evil because that's what the Mila Jojovich movies were. I mean, with uh, Paul W. Uh, An- uh, Paul W. S. Anderson, where took the movie, took the Resident Evil franchise, and basically did his own thing with it. Like he made, yep, 
you know, whatever Elon Elon Flux or you know what the hell ever you want to call it with those movies sure. and his wife. Um, and Flux. Yeah. So that's basically he did his own thing with it. You know what I mean? He just and then also would every now and then throw in stuff from the the Resident Evil games and it was like, oh, here's Wesker, here's a uh, Pyramid Head guy. You know what I mean? Like he was just throwing all that stuff from the kind of from the games. Um, so. I could see somebody taking it and doing something good with it. It doesn't have to strictly adhere to the plot lines of the games because why would you ex- exactly want to see the same plot of the game replayed over again? Sure. You know what I mean? Because you've already seen that already. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make a new story with new characters um, or you know mm-hmm. variations of characters, then why not? It would be my would be my thing. Okay. You know, it would be kind of how I would feel about it. Yeah. But do you right. do you think that this show is better than Welcome to Raccoon City? I don't think this show's. I mean, if we're going by like dinosaur bones, sure, it's not at the level of dinosaur bones. Mm. Sure, it sings a little bit better than that. To say this thing is good, though, no. Okay. This show isn't good. It's tolerable at best held up by the actors in it no and no one else the show is fairly cheap it has nothing to do aside from a couple of names and a couple of things that they drop on one of the episodes i heard them mention i may have seen like one more episode Mm -hmm. than you or at least i might have started episode five so i heard a little bit more Mm -hmm. they do mention like lisa trevor at one point and they mention uh, Raccoon City in 1998, and I'm like, oh, is that supposed to make me shake up my boots? That you're <laughs> referencing that that happened before? Great job, guys. Uh, like, I'm not expecting a lot from the Resident Evil franchise, but I was thinking, what does like as I was watching it, I actually kind of thought to myself, what does what makes a Resident Evil game? What makes a Resident Evil Resident Evil? Uh, well, one you have biohazard it has to biomutagens zombies creatures that are infected is an interesting characters and story in survival it's in survival it's also a the old world meeting the new and that's where i'm like there we are in every major resident evil game there's always old environments and technology is fairly limited resident evil works because it's stuck in a time frame where technology is just on the cusp of getting just good but it's not completely there yet it's in the early it's in the 90s it's not we're just internet has just began its infancy but it's not even there and we're still in these old mansions these uh dilapidated boat a old facility a town uh an old castle village that's fine they're environments that you're abandoned you're lost you're in the middle of nowhere and you have to deal with strange events and creatures, and you have to survive. And along the way, you make you deal with uh, with medicine. You deal with uh, you have to find out the infections and the different bio hazards you have to deal with. And it's about survival and about like relying on other people sometimes to help you out for better or worse. Hmm. And those things, sure, you this show could maybe barely in some aspects be considered Resident Evil, but. I'll even leave it down to the basics. In one of the in one of the episodes, she says at one very important moment. This is episode one. 
Mm. When one of the guy, uh, she meets as uh, a survivor or as someone who has survived this apocalypse so far, and and he talks about, oh, the creatures that are dead out there, and she says, no, the T virus doesn't kill people; it rewires their brains. All they want to do is eat and spread the virus, and when the time virus goes cross species, it will trigger a rampant cell growth. It makes animals big and mean. Mm. And I go, okay. That was the moment I realized that they're not this isn't the show. This isn't Resident Evil. This is just pseudo whatever science. It's just a it's just a bio corporations bad show that needed Resident Evil in order to lift it up. This has nothing to do with Resident Evil as a franchise because it doesn't understand the fundamentals. It doesn't understand what it's about. And isolation is one of the key aspects of it, in addition to everything else I described. Mm. And already from this show, Jade's never been quite alone, even so far in these. Mm. They've never had moments where they've had to fear, like use their own equipment and their own wits to get out of a situation and deal with a facility that is a puzzle in itself. Hmm. Yeah. There are that a main aspect. So the question I pose to you, whether or not which is worse, I'd say I agree with you. I think Raccoon Welcome to Raccoon City is worse. But you know what? As much as I hated Welcome to Raccoon City, I almost I almost despise this a little bit more. Hmm. Why is that? For wasting my time. Uh, I mean, it is a TV series, so it's a bigger investment. Eight episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Javon Good says um, he just looks at it like an alt- uh, alternate universe, uh, basically. I mean, that's what the first Resident Evil movie was. Um, Javon Good says what makes Resident Evil is horror, survival horror, pretty much. Correct. Um, rated M for Immaturity, who's back. Hey, thanks for coming back. Uh, rated M for Immaturity is, here's my question. How can it be canon if there's never an apocalypse anywhere in the game? Every outbreak is stopped before it gets that far. The show literally can't be in post-apocalypse setting and be canon at the same time. Um, I don't know if the show... The show I'm not worried about that shit. Yeah, I don't think the show is trying to be canon. I just think it's just trying to do a Resident Evil thing, I think. I don't think it's necessarily trying to be canon, I don't think. Um... Yeah, um, John Good, he replies, he says it's tough because in all the Resident Evil games there have been outbreaks and haven't really been solved since like Resident Evil 6. Uh, but yeah, when they go to the future stuff, like 14 years in the future, in some kind of like, what future would you kind of compare it to, like post-apocalyptic future? It's kind of like... 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later, yeah, I guess that'd be a good comparison, or something like The Walking Dead, kind of. Or um, kind of, where they just have to live with the fact that there's just Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, and they have like, because you see there's societies that have been set up and groups of people and things that have been set up and there's communities of people there um, fighting the zombies and everything like that. Um, so so there's that. Uh, so it's kind of like a little bit of that future. Um, Effects-wise, when, when the zombies are more like in darkness, it actually looks kind of good, like like when they when the liquor shows up because the liquor kind of pops yeah. up and it's like that actually kind of looks good because it's a little bit in darkness and everything like that but then there's a scene where she has to fight like some giant bug or something like that yeah, yeah um, the caterpillar or the spider yeah uh that looks 
terrible. That looks pretty bad. That looks obviously that looks horrid. Um, Would have been better if it was a puppet. Yeah, probably. Or an animatronic. Yeah, probably a, or, or something like that. Uh, Radiant from Maturity says the show has claimed it's canon in all of its press releases that I've read. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Uh, so it's the show's claiming that. Oh, I didn't read that. So, oh, okay. Well, I guess it's canon. All right. So, A, Albert Wesker is... I, I mean, they kind of sort of semi-explain it where it's like, well, he's just... Do we care if we spoil this shit? Uh, I mean, we're only—I mean, you're only like four episodes. I mean, yeah, I think it's nothing big there. It's only four episodes in. So I mean, yeah. I mean, the part where they're like he's kind of cloned and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're like, you were cloned and you grew up in like six months. You're like twenty years in six months, and I'm like, okay, cool. Who is like, who is? So you're just an Albert Wesker. You're just a Wesker. Which Albert Wesker, if you're canon, like that, that gets its all its own headache. Also, if you consider the timeline that it's currently in, Albert Wesker is still alive currently in the timeline. It's it's now Resident Evil Four, Resident Evil Five at this point. It's not quite there yet. Raccoon City was 1999. Code Veronica would have happened in night in like 2001, 2002. Mm. It's 2008, so that means at least Chris Redfield still. It's like 2006, maybe seven. Chris Redfield's going around there to be... That's a very tight timeline. And by that point, Umbrella is bankrupt. There is no Umbrella by Resident Evil 5. Mm. Because of the events of Code Veronica and Code Veronica, there it, by 5, there is no... It's a di- completely different organization that's utilizing Umbrella's technology. If they want to go canon, that's like, if they want to talk canon, they might as well just stop. They're just <laughs> not even close. Because so I just ignore this compo- entirely, and just con- I'm just taking it as like it's an alternate attempt to reboot an already tired franchise that's been treated very poorly. So I mean, because this series, I mean, it's set in modern day, right? Of like 2022, is it? Uh, yeah, it's like 2020 something, maybe I think. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe, because I know, like, yeah, 15 years later, it's 36. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah, so it, it, I think it takes place. Yeah, modern day, twenty twenty-two. Um, yeah. Um, so timeline-wise, yeah, I don't know how they're gonna make that work or anything like that. Um, it, it just doesn't. It depends. Canon-wise, it just can't. It can't possibly can't be canon, and that's why I wouldn't even attempt it. Yeah, it just depends on if how are, the reaction yeah. of it. I think. Yeah, it really probably will be. I think the react. By the way, the reaction to this has so far been pretty scathing. Yeah. It may be very watched, but that doesn't mean it's liked. Hmm. Yeah. Have you have the, have reports come out about the ratings for this show already? So, from what people have watched, most of the early reviews, the reviews that I've seen, have been at best this movie. They they're like, uh, you've turned Resident Evil into a mediocre Netflix show. Yeah. Like it, it's lost all the flavor that made Resident Evil interesting. As bad as we are, we were on on uh, Welcome to Raccoon City. At least the costumes and the environments looked off, looked like the games, and at least had a, a an atmosphere. And as bad as we were on the Mila Jovovich and Paul W S Anderson movies, and rightly so, at least they were doing their own kind of weird thing that had nothing to do with Resident Evil. Resident Evil, but oh. at least they was doing his own weird thing. 
this is just so it doesn't help that they're in such a sterile bland area for a lot of it and the other is post-apocalyptic yeah actually you know kind of i mean both kind of look post-apocalyptic because it's like oh yeah they're just different variations yeah because like you have like the clean future kind of apocalypse of like all rich people live in like this dome and then all the poor people live outside and then like because you see like when they go to like this neighborhood of ran by umbrella it's like they're all everything's white you know white houses white fences white people you know like everything is just white 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 and then you know you know you go to the you know kind of the 14 years later it's like you know this kind of like also i guess the future is just like they have this like orange haze um all the time in the in the kind of the post-apocalyptic looking future world that they have there um, that kind of just makes things just look ugly. You know, I get it's supposed to be like the, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic thing. It's supposed to be dirty, gringy, and ugly, but it's just, it, it just doesn't look good. You know what I mean? I think you can create that effect without having just that orange kind of haze on things and everything. Um, is is there anything you, 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 you liked about it or besides Lance Reddick or... Besides Lance Reddick and some of the actors, really, there's nothing special here. There's, like, anything else I can see on here, I can think. The costume design is fine. It it feels like just a slightly more budgeted CW show. Mm. That's that's how it feels, and the writing is on par with the CW show. Yeah. Characters are evil for no reason. Uh, Brett, uh, Umbrella does some really dumb stuff. Uh the release of the apocalypse, at least from what I'm seeing, what's happening is because two characters decide to do something really dumb, just because fuck it. <laughs> Literally, their words, fuck it. And uh, I miss, I miss the political, the bi- like I miss the corporation political fights from Resident Evil, where it was a survival horror game where characters you liked these characters and they were stuck in environments that were both beautiful but also deadly and you ha- you didn't know what you were going to find in these environments and that's what made it captivating and but these characters were likable you you, you rooted for them and you were worried for them and you liked the relationships that they had with each other whether it's Resident Evil 1 0, 2, 3 this is why Jill Valentine Chris Redfield, Leon S. Kennedy uh, Rebecca Chambers uh, Billy from Resident Evil 0 uh sh- shit claire is it Cred- can't fit my girl claire redfield uh redfield and uh steve burnside and code veronica these are characters i remember and mm. all the different scenarios they're memorable i ain't got no it's like it's like even the four hours that i've spent so far with the different characters at this point i ain't gonna remember jade <laughs> i ain't gonna remember billy i ain't gonna re- and lance Hendrick. i'm just gonna see him in another movie and be like oh man good to see you from john wick sir yeah. Glad to see you got another I got to see you another job. Yeah. Um it's just nothing for me to recommend on this show. Mm. Uh you want to see good good zombie effects? There's a million zombie movies out there that do this better. Yeah. Want to see a good bio is it want to see a good like corporation screw the corporations political infight? There are plenty of other movies or series to watch that to do it better. Like maybe House of Cards or other crap. You want to see a biohazard movie there are better movies than better movies and series that deal with that plague uh even the fx series plague does it better in dealing with like the uh, the fallout of a plague spreading hell he even mentions at one point like oh it's not like covid do we need to quarantine it's not like covid and i'm like oh jesus 
Yeah, there's, uh, there's some bad writing moments here, uh, most definitely. It, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh. Um, I just can't. Yeah, I just I'm trying to think. I just can't think <laughs> of anything I'd recommend. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really much to recommend with this series. I think it's forgettable. Um, I think you know yeah. that, that describes a lot of the elements of it. Um, you know, I, it, you know, if if I wasn't you know watching it for the show, I wouldn't be watching it at all. Uh, yes, sir. You know, I mean that that's that's for sure. Um, like I said, I mean, like I said, I think the Lance Reddick stuff is good. I think I like him in it. Yeah. Um, that's really much about his it. presence. Yeah. Um, the effects. I mean, the zombies, the way they look in here. Um, they look kind of slimy, you know, like kinda yeah. very kind of, you know, kind of like, like, yeah, kind of slimy kind of look to them, greasy kind of look to them. Yeah. Um, they remind me of like the, uh, did you ever play Sunset Overdrive? It was an Xbox exclusive. It was like a launch uh, title. No, I don't believe I have. They remind me of the, those, these weird like OD creatures. They're like orange and like, like blew up into the orange goop. Mm. That's, I just finished playing, uh, finished playing that game and that kept, it kept reminding me every time I saw them. Like, these are like, like live action ODs, but less like campy <laughs> and fun. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I think like I said, I mean at least like I think like I said, best I think it's better than Welcome to Raccoon City. With the Mila yeah. Jojovich movies, I think as crazy as they were and not canon or anything close to the video game really, I think it was kind of fun at how stupid they were and like with I mean she basically turned into like a superhero basically, in in the movies yeah, like, and she was yeah, doing the third movie yeah she was doing all types of crazy shit. Uh, jumping up walls and all that type of stuff. It was kind of like, okay, well, hey, at least there's that, I guess. At least it was kind of... By movie four or five, she had, like, an army of Milas. Yeah, I mean, she got cloned, and all, like, she was cloned and all this. Like, it was fucking wild, man. Like, the shit they were doing, it was like, okay. Um, they just went off the rails. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at least that had some interest to it, you know. Um, and something to kind of keep your interest. Here, I don't think there's really anything here to keep your interest. Um it's kind of just very dull and, and, and just not fun to watch uh, a lot of times. Um, yeah. Um, Resident Evil. So you would give it what? What would you be your rate so far? Or do you want to wait, finish it, and give your rate? No. I, I ain't finishing this. Not I finish don't it? have to. <laughs> what, what? I just don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to improve itself. Hmm. Already halfway in, and I kind of already know where it's probably gonna go. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. yeah. I'll let you get your rating first. Uh, for me, I would give it a skip it. I'd give it a skip it for me. Uh, would be my rating. I just think there's just too much bad in the series for me. Um, too much bad writing. Um, too many bad effects. Uh, not enough interesting story. Uh, characters. Um, some real terrible characters, like, I don't know the character's name, the guy who was in the future with the Jay character, the guy with the beard, um, who they, like, end up in prison with, I thought, he, I thought, he, I thought he was the worst actor in the whole thing I've seen. He so was far. terrible. He was, he was by far. From, like, the first scene he entered it in episode one, like, the way, it, did you notice, like, he tripped on the stairs for a second and then re-grabbed it? And I, for a moment, I thought, like, was that, was that, like, a flub? Mm-hmm. Like, did they like? Did he flub that and they kept that in for comedy or something? I don't know. I I thought all his line delivery was really bad. I thought um, every time he's just like cool. cool. <laughs> I don't think he's just like 
it's just I, I think the performances, the actors themselves aren't bad. I just think the material is bad. For yes. Them. I don't think they're particularly. I just think the material is not that good. So for me, I would give it, skip it, for me. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Retroactively, if I'm going to get Welcome American City, I'd say burn it. Mm. Retroactively, uh, if anyone's listening, I'm, I'm going to give that this show a burn it as it's been longer. But this, I have nothing to hate. Like, I, I hate I hate it because it wasted my time and that this is not even close to a Resident Evil series should be. Even if you're doing completely something, taking it and doing something with it, there's so many ways this could have gone. In so many ways, it should have gone, and just from right get go, it just feels like a by by the numbers, generic, like watch, skip it, or just don't even bother with series. So that's just what I have to give it. It doesn't even deserve my wrath. It's <laughs> not even worth burning. It's just like ah, just skip it, move on, just add it to the pile of other pro- Resident Evil properties that you don't have to watch. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up finishing it to talk about it later to next week i'm gonna end up finishing it just to see Good you know luck. how it wraps up what they do what they set up maybe potentially oh, in God, the future. Billy, do, do you want me to join you i'm sure you can um yeah you can if you want uh but i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it just to see what they do Fuck. Uh, <laughs> how they wrap it up they don't want to uh but All yeah right. yeah that was resident evil uh tv series um, all right, uh, that was our last review. We're going to be getting some news, and then we're going to be heading out here. These two trailers is our only real news of the day. Um, and then we're going to be getting out. Um, so, first news of the day is the Monsters trailer. Uh, the Monsters, uh, based, it is the Rob Zombie film that is based on the 1960s TV show. Um, there's been a lot of talk about this trailer online, uh, to say the least about it. Um... I think it looks awful, uh, absolutely awful. And when I saw this trailer, I was just like, "Is Rob Zombie fucking with me?" Um, because I was like, "Is, is I want to say maybe is this the tone? Is you know maybe got to see the movie? Is the tone he's going for? Is it trying to capture the the, the cheekiness of the sixty series, the campiness of it, the kind of budget, the small budget kind of charm of what the sixty show was?" I've never seen the 60s Monsters show. Have you ever seen it? I have. Okay. So maybe you have some more insight onto that. Um, I know the theme of the show. I've never seen the episode. The theme is iconic, I know. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I I was just like, this looks like, a lot of people saying it looks like something out of, like, Party City, like a Halloween kind of Party City commercial, <laughs> something out of Six Flags commercial, um, like something you you'll watch where you're like waiting to get on the ride, you know, at, at something that Six Flags. This is you watch right. like on one of the screens, um, you know, uh, you know something you'd watch at like a haunted house, maybe on a screen or something like that. They'd be there like for for gags, um, mm. and I agree with with all of that. Uh, what are what what are your thoughts? So. Yes, the, the the trailer, just the cameras being used, the costumes, the it it generally would shocked me at some points, where I'm like, this looks like a student film. This I think looks even like a student, student film, film of someone miss. making it. You know, I know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it, it felt like a student film, and then 
I remember back to the the Monsters TV show, and that movie was that that series was cheap. I mean, they didn't spend more than a dime making that TV series. There was like it was cheap jokes, cheap gags. It was like a gag a minute every time, and they weren't all good gags. It was just using whatever they could. They had a Frankenstein father. They had like a Frankenstein, as a Frankenstein Dracula wife. He had a grandpa who was Dracula. His son was the wolf, and his son was the wolf man. It was like like super campy, super ridiculous. It, and I do feel this has to be on purpose. This yeah. this has to be because Rob Zombie's been trying to make this series for years. He's been trying to make uh, this for a long time now, and I don't imagine he's the kind of guy that would just go, "All right, I'm just going to make it crap on purpose." I do think he's going with the tone of like Ed Wood playing Nine for Outer Space, where he's just taking it and going with it, or uh, where he's just just literally leading it completely in tone as if it stepped right out of the 60s and mm. this is exactly what it would have looked like a bigger budgeted version of the show mm. yeah i i mean this is his first uh pg film um you know because i mean he's done mostly Talking. you know r-rated films like house of that like oh, maybe yeah. you know the trailer opens but talking about like house of that's corpus devil's rejects uh, he also did the Halloween 2007 remake. The only film I've liked of his is Devil's Rejects. That's about it. Um, I think that you know that that film is pretty good, pretty good. Uh, you know, decent enough. Um, and I guess I think it, it. I guess it has to be intentional. What he's doing with the kind of the tone of it, going campy, going real. You know, back to try to emulate that 60s style and then translate of how just teleporting it into today. Um, so maybe in the movie, it's very humorous. It's going to be very much of a comedy. So it's going to play like into that. But then even if it was a comedy, I mean, even it's just like, couldn't you make it look better? I mean, even like some of the, the shots and everything like that, it's just kind of like, these are very amateur looking shots. I mean, these are very kind of amateur looking camera work here going on. Um, it's just like this, this looks incredibly cheap. And this was a budget of. Forty million dollars, too. I mean, this this thing yeah. is a forty million. Where did that money go? I that is a dang good question. I I I don't know. I couldn't really tell you, but it it, it I don't know. I mean, into the pocket of Rob Zombie. I mean, I don't know, but uh, you know, this is forty. This is the budget of this is forty million dollars. Um, Javon Good says, um, Cheryl Moon Zombie, who's Rob Zombie's wife, who's in this is uh, the wife character. Um, she's miscast, um, and then she's playing Lily Monster. Uh, what do you, I mean, do you think, there's anything you, good you can say about the trailer? Do you think the costumes of the monsters, do you think that looks good? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, okay. Alright. I can't, look, I can't say that anything in this thing looked that great, if I'm gonna be honest. But uh. I also love camp, so... I'm taking it as if this is a complete and utter joke. And on that level, he completely succeeds. Mm. Maybe, like, like you said, maybe he is like a plan nine from 
out of space type thing, Ed Wood type thing, maybe. You know, just like I'm going all in on making this like as cheap and stupid as it would have been in the '60s. Yeah. Uh, good night, by and the way, Javon. Gets, good. Have a good night, man. Uh, thanks for stopping night, by. Uh, yeah, but even Ed Wood looked good, and it was in black and white. I mean, there's one shot in this trailer where it is in black and white, where it actually looks decent, where it is in black yeah. and white. Let me see if I can go to that scene where it's just in black and white. Um, that scene looks terrible, too. When they're in the car together, that scene looks fucking terrible. But they're just like, yeah. that That looks that looks awful. Um, oh, oh, the, the thing in the car? Oh, yeah, with like the bad green screen and everything? Yeah. There's yeah. no... You have to try to make that look terrible. Yes, that's why I gotta believe it's gotta be something in in it that yeah. So you see when they do, we have made so many techniques that even like people who don't understand it, they they can just take like a certification class, and they'll teach you bare bones green screening and key, yeah, key screening that they'll make you like at least look decent, not great. That it's very clear. That's a joke. Yeah. See, when it's in black and white, like, I have it up on stream. Like, you show, like, it's, like... It's actually not bad when it's in black and white. Towards towards the end, you know what I mean? When they do kind of that. When they mm. do kind of the theme from the from the show and do the intro from the show. It's like, okay, that actually... It covers up a lot of kind of some of the flaws there. And then there's a scene where he's, like, at towards the end where he's, like, on the uh, airplane. Like, you see it? Like, that mm. looks also funny. Like, right here. Like, an airplane thing. Like, that looks awful, too. Jeez. Yeah, I... I mean, I don't want to just come in and bash it, but I was just like, yeah, I, what the hell did I just watch? I thought this was like a joke. I thought this was like, like, oh, is this the real trailer? I didn't even think I had the real trailer. I was like, oh, this must be something else. This must be somebody's fan made or something. It's one of those fake things. Yeah. I was like, oh, this must be yeah, something else. But yeah, um, it's coming out in September. September is when it's coming out. So. Yeehaw. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to do, talk about our final news of the day, which is trailer for Rings of Power. Rings of Power, which is the huge Amazon show that is going to be coming on um, on Amazon Prime, based on the Lord of the Rings franchise. It's a spinoff of the Lord of the Rings franchise, I guess you would say. Um, and a lot of people I saw were kind of more generally positive of this than they were the teaser. Um, I think it shows a lot more. Um, I think it looks a lot better you see kind of where the budget went there uh because this is when this show comes out it will be one of the most expensive shows um in history um what is the budget for this show if i remember correctly um i think it's like 550 million dollars yeah half a billion dollars um is the budget for this show um i think it looks you know a lot better than what the teaser did but you are the big Lord of the Rings guy. Um, I also have rated M for immaturity. Sage is also in here. Um, he gave his thoughts a little while back in the chat. I'll try to find them. But what did you think of the trailer? When uh, looking at the trailer in certain areas, what one of the most common things you'll see is a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien where Shadow... Evil cannot uh, create, they can only copy, they can only mimic. And that has been its entire inception of the show, has been slowly whittled down over time. And a lot of Lord of the Rings fans do not like what has been happening. Even from the teasers and a lot of aspects of the show, a lot of this feels like, had this been anything else but Lord of the Rings, this might have been more successful. Or it might be more successful. A lot of this doesn't feel Lord of the Rings. It feels very 
other type of fantasy. If this was a Dragon Age series, I might be kind of excited about it. This was about the Grey Wardens and the and a Blight, and this is like the early Blights. That would have been kind of interesting. But this doesn't quite feel it, even if you don't know anything about Lord of the Rings. I will say the visuals look gorgeous. Uh, the costumes look pretty good for some of them, but there is some CGI. There is some CGI that even I'm like, yeah, you spent like this. This looks like you spent a lot of money on this, and even then, like, I gotta hand it to uh, uh, to Peter Jackson's team. He's even with like a firmer budget and more practical effects. You look at some of the effects from that movie 20 years ago, and it still holds up. This, I don't know if this is going to hold up in time, but it looks good. But I don't know if it's going to be as timeless mm. as he made those uh, Lord of the Rings movies. Mm. Uh, and especially for, I mean, like, you, what I mean, like, the money spent. $500 million is nothing to sniff at. This is one season. Yeah. Uh, some of the cinematography looks really nice. It looks pretty good. It's when we get into the casting that I'm like, and some of the costumes and some of the races being there, where I'm like, hmm. hmm. I, the problem with like casting new characters, especially when other actors have done such a great job, uh, it's really hard to replace them. Hugo Weaving did such a great job as Elrond that it's really hard to do a younger version of him and not think of Hugo Weaving. And seeing the actor playing him now, I'm like, you don't look anything like Hugo Weaving. Mm. And that's already creating an, an issue. Uh, Galadriel was played pitch perfect in the movies as a as the uh, the quiet the, and the ethereal Galadriel. She just played a really good... Uh, Kate Beckinsale did a great job as that character. And completely nailed the awesome power that she had even though she was very quiet it always felt uh i read one comment I mean, you mean that I kate blanchett wholeheartedly on kate blanchett sorry kate blanchett whatever <laughs> kate blanchett my bad i'm it's like it's it's over midnight man i'm, I'm tired kate blanchett uh she did uh, such a great job well one fan uh, one person described and i couldn't agree more there was something beautifully but but also somewhat terrifying about her where it was like strumming a uh, a strut from a violin it was making playing it made a beautiful sound but you were always afraid that the string would snap at any moment mm-hmm. and that's like yeah, it's like it left this like beautiful tension in the air where she had this great power before her but she cast beauty instead of um instead of a- anger or hate and that was her power and then to see her oh she just has armor now and a sword, and she's going to lead armies and fight things. I'm like, that's not what Gladriel does. You completely misunderstand her character. Hmm. But that's, but that's like the basis. That's the basis of this whole thing. Amazon has spent five hundred million dollars on a series that it doesn't own the property of the right areas to tell the story. To tell the story of J.R.R. Tolkien. So instead of making J.R.R. Tolkien's story they're making their own within his universe of the property that they do own, which is the Lord of the Rings books mm. and some of the smaller uh, sites, the uh, companion books, but not the Silmarillion, yeah. which is where a lot of information from the Second Age comes from. Because of that, everything they do cannot be canon. Mm. So already from the offset, 
you have a lot of Lord of the Rings fan and interest and purist and JR and uh, and uh, Peter Jackson fans disinterested because mm. without that you can't make what you want to make you're just making up crap as you go along mm. there was a uh, in one of the recent interviews uh, one of the writers said we wanted to make something on the par or better as if Tolkien had written as they had written it or if they is it better than Tolkien's work and I'm like alright did you live through a World War 2 and World War 1 were you a professor in a, and uh, learned and created your own language? Did you have constant rewrites and spent your time crafting and creating the fantasy genre as a notion? No, then you're not going to make something better than him. Hmm. You should be happy just to meet him. I mean, it's arrogance even to think you're going to do better. You don't go for the American novel expecting you're going to write the next great American novel. You hmm. go hoping you make a good novel and maybe in the path of trying to make a good novel you might by happenstance create this next great american novel so you don't think anybody has surpassed tolkien when it comes to writing fantasy i think tolkien has been i think there are people who have met him okay. i think he's one of the greats i think he's a goat okay he's a a great of all time and it would be a disservice for me as a critic to say once you reach a certain threshold, there is nobody better than you. There's just someone who meets you at your level. Hmm. Yeah. I think because then you just get into semantics of who is better, and ultimately it's a they're semantics. Uh, you're both great. You're both great for different qualities, and you both you both can stand tall knowing you've made impressive works of art and works of fiction. Uh, but to say like oh, I'm, I'm better than this old school creator. I'm, I'm, we're going to write something better than Tolkien. You're like, you already failed. It, it reminds me of the uh, of uh, fighting the great samurai Musashi, one of his greatest rivals, threw away his scabbard before, uh, before the, his final duel, and uh, Musashi shook his head um, and said to him, you've thrown away your scabbard. You've already lost. You've decided completely that this will be your final battle, and by doing so, there is no... You cannot have any victory in it now. Hmm. Because you are not... You, you've gone all in on it. You're so focused. Hmm. So, that's uh, my feeling on it. Um, so, even when Peter Jackson hmm. made Lord of the Rings, you don't think he made improvements upon the book itself? I think... I think he made certain changes that work better for me, for the film medium. Okay. I'm not saying Tolkien's work is perfect. I just think it's an impressive work. Mm. And I think there's an arrogance to say that I'm also going to make a better impressive work than someone who's, whose work has impacted so many different things. Tolkien's work has ostensibly created what modern fantasy is. Right. A lot of it can go back to what modern, what Tolkien did. That has a has, should have respect. There should be respect to that, to the progenitor, at least in that measure. Uh, Peter Jackson did the unenviable task of taking a property that has a dedicated and beloved fan base, mm -hmm. and with the best of his ability, for the most part, with a few exceptions, doing a bang-up job of turning that book series mm. into a digestible and really good movie trilogy. Right. And you don't like the Hobbit uh, movie, right? I, 
The Hobbit movies are their own discussion, and I don't really want to go into it. Okay. All right. Um, Rated M for Immaturity Sage, who is a massive Lord of Rings fan himself. Um, he says, uh, new trailer does look better. Um, oh, jeez, he just commented and just skipped uh, to the thing. He says, oh, let me go back up to it again. New trailer does look better than the initial teaser. However, it still feels aimless and generic, especially being that Amazon mm-hmm. doesn't have the rights to similar early and uh, which covers exactly. the, uh, the time period that this show is supposedly taking place in. But how does that even work if you don't have the rights to those stories? So basically the same thing you said um, yeah. about that. Uh, he also I have, yeah. Oh, um, he said the biggest chunk Jackson, Peter Jackson left out was Tom uh, Bobadil. Um, Bombadil. Bombadil, which really would have wouldn't have fit uh, at all. Yeah. Uh, everything that he removed, everything that he, he and his team did was they did something that I really admire as another like artist and auto, uh, like I think I hope to be maybe one day an author. Mm-hmm. Uh, I respect as someone a fellow like creator. They looked at another person's work of art and said, "Okay, we're not going to put any of us into this. We're going to make this for them and do it the best way that we can. We're not going to put any of our crap in here. We're going to try to." make it the best that we can within the confines of this hmm. and doing so within the confines of the work to try to turn into a medium this is the i mean there's a reason why they won all the awards and why it's still held as as one of the best trilogies of all time held maybe second to maybe the star wars original trilogy to some to some people hmm. and a lot of people i'll even admit this was probably my generation's uh, star wars lord of the rings trilogy i saw those in theaters I was like, mm. I, 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 it hit me at the right time. I was a someone who was into D and D and someone who was into fantasy and science fiction. So this was right up my alley, and I'd never seen anything like it, and I really haven't seen anything quite like it since. Yeah, uh, it's also one of the few movies that, even as long as it is, I watch the ex- I'll watch the extended cuts just mm. because I want more, and it does bring more to it, and it does add substantially to it. It. it it's something you just don't get tired of, and that's really rare. And stuff that he did cut out, or stuff that he did slightly change for purists, yes, I can see why. As like why that might be, you might be bothered by it. I to completely get you, but there are just to fit it in a film, just to get there. There needed to be some things to thin, and I don't always agree on some of the choices that he did, mm. but but the ones that he did the major ones i totally understand why he had to mm. and it ended up paying off this like when the movies came out with um i believe new line cinema mm. that was a gamble he shopped it to every other studio and they said no mm. and he new line was the last person he went to and the the ceo this is this is one of the most like uh one of the most amazing uh moment as in moments so he he leveled out a speech to the ceo and the mm. ceo went so wait the books because he originally announced it as a two-parter just two movies and he went wait aren't the aren't the lord of the rings three books and he goes peter jackson went well yeah it has been split into three and he goes well why don't we just make three movies then mm. and he called for he would only do the deal if he got to make three movies instead of two nobody no studio ever that was a gamble he bet basically the farm of new line cinema if that didn't pay off 
that it was gone. And even though he planned the success of that and he invested all that money in, the CEO was voted out, even though he ended up making his company billions of dollars. Mm. But that was still, even though he agreed to it, that had he had to like uh, stockhold stockholders were not happy with it at the time. Because just imagine, in context, do you remember the movie Dungeons and Dragons? No. The, the one with the Jeremy Irons? Uh, I've never seen it. I've heard about it, never seen it. Oh yeah, that movie for context, Lord of the Rings came out four. Fellowship of the Ring came out five months later. Mm. To show the difference of where fantasy movies were at that time to what what they eventually became. And there was nothing like that. Mm. And so there's a lot riding on the show. I see the money, some of the money. I see some of it. But I'm with um, uh, our committee on this. It's aimless. And it doesn't have the material it would need in order to really solidify it. So mm. I don't know where it's going to go, man. Yeah. I really don't know. Uh, let's see. Ready in front of maturity says, The sad part is I think there's uh, room for, to adapt some wonderful stories from Cimmerillion. Uh It would have been much better as an anthology, perhaps even using animation for the creation of the universe, which is very trippy and weird. I um, agree. There could have had a lovely like 30-minute animation of the first age and just do a beautiful, like all the tricks, like, any, like CGI, 2D animation, uh, clay animation like stop stop motion they could have bind every aspect with it and did like a really beautiful collage of work to talk about how the first stage was formed because the first stage of middle earth is just gods fighting gods and chaos until middle earth is created mm. it's pretty it's pretty awesome and epic yeah. and there's a lot of cool stuff even within the lord of the rings there are side stories we never got to see in peter jackson's mm. stuff it would have been kind of interesting to maybe like, oh, well, let's follow like characters that aren't going to save the world, but get to see the battles or some aspects from a different perspective. That could have gotten some good drama, but not from these main casts that talk a little bit more about the world or be in different worlds like Ruin or other aspects of the uh, of Tolkienverse that we usually don't get to see that wouldn't have to interfere with the main story, but still be within Lord of the Rings that they could still have access to. Mm. Mm. Uh, let me see here did he say anything else no he has to say anything else um yeah so with this show um here uh like i said you see the money i mean this is half a billion dollars they're taking a huge risk uh with this amazon i mean they got they probably got the money i mean they definitely got the money um but the uh director said they had to in order to break even basically they need game of thrones numbers like season four Game of Thrones numbers. Yeah. Just to break even. Not to make money, just to break even. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge, I mean, fantasy, I mean, after Game of Thrones, I mean, that really was big for fantasy. A lot of people were super invested in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the story that was built up over time, and then, then it obviously deflated um, when it came to season eight um, and everything like that with the horrible ending. Um, I don't know where people's interests are for fantasy right now. Um, Amazon Prime. I mean, a lot of people have Amazon Prime. Well, a lot of people be checking out this show, tuning into it, like how they were tuning into Game of Thrones. It's going to be the new big water cooler show that people come mm-hmm. and go like, "Oh shit, you got to, you know, you got to watch the show. You got to talk about it." I don't know. Time will tell. I guess this is releasing in September. Um, 
the you know right now it's doing big for amazon right now is the boys that's huge for them right now but i don't know if it's getting like hbo numbers like you know look at hbo biggest show right now which is probably like euphoria is their biggest thing right now is it getting numbers like that is there is amazon's biggest show getting numbers like hbo's biggest show or that networks kind of like major networks like that mm-hmm. um i don't know i don't really know i would have to kind of do some more research into that um you know as far as kind of what kind of what's going on you know when it comes to the story when it comes to the kind of these characters again i mean we have to see um and we have to kind of kind of take a look at it i think a lot of people i think are going to be maybe tuning into the first episode i think a lot i think it's yeah. the first episode i think a lot of people are going to be tuning in go like okay what's this, this all better about have a damn good pilot yeah I think that's going to be huge with it. Is like a lot of people are going to be really looking at like, okay, what's this all about? And I think it's going to get a huge. Then, uh, how many episodes I think is it supposed to be this season uh, for Rings of Power? I actually don't know. Uh, I have to I have to check and see real quick. Um, but yeah, it, it it has to really knock it out of the park with the pilot. It actually has to knock it out of the park with every episode. Actually, uh, not just the pilot. Um, it can't have any dull or low moments in it uh, because it's people are definitely going to be really after it. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, you're the big, you know, Lord of the Rings guy here. Uh, you know, I've read the books, but I've read them a long time ago. Um, I've seen the movies, of course. Um, do you think it'd be better or worse than The Hobbit? The Hobbit is its own mess and has its own issues. A lot of it coming from studio interference, um, labor law issues, um from new zealand new zealand got a really shitty deal from the labor laws because of the lord of the rings movies and the hobbit movies and that's still uh that's still going on even now um there's a lot that went into that that turned those movies into what they were will they be worse than the hobbit movies i think they might be in different ways though Mm hmm where the Hobbit movies had too much of the Silmarillion in it and not enough of the simple story, I think they'll. I think it'll have too much nonsense and not enough mm. of even a simple story to even carry it. Um, it's supposed to be eight episodes of so this show. Um, First season. Yeah. It's supposed to be five seasons, I thought initially. Okay, so that's the plan: is to do five seasons. Initially, when they announced it, it was like four to five seasons. Back oh. when people were invested in it, mm. I don't know. I think they've like they've slowly quieted. They're they're seeing whether or not this is even going to pass one. Mm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so it says eight episode first season. Um, that's what they're doing with this. Uh, yeah. Uh, does Amazon release their numbers for their shows or products or anything like that? Are they like Netflix? they don't really release numbers? Yeah, uh, there's most streaming stuff like Netflix. Yeah, they don't release numbers or anything. Though like that. there are certain sites that you can that uh, can pin traffic, and they'll see the height of numbers when that release happens. So, if there's a specific traffic number, they you might be able to get like a rough estimate of how many. We won't get the exact, but only they'll know the definite number. Hmm. Okay. But there are websites that you can track you can track the numbers on it and you can get like a rough estimate of how many you think watched. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Alright. Um that was Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. 
Um, we're going to be heading out to people. That was a great show. Thank you, Radiant from Immaturity, for stopping by. Uh, much appreciated your opinion. Um, Radiant uh, M for Immaturity said, you, you know, I think there's one option you could have taken for trying some original material in this universe. There's some other places and civilizations that are detailed uh, a bit in Sumerian, but never got gone into uh, significantly. On the other hand, on the other side of Mordor is a Persia-like civilization, a big desert, and then an African civilization. Those things have a vague enough description that you could really take some artistic interpretation with. Oh, okay. What do you think about that? Mm. Yeah, agree with that take. Okay. Mm. Uh. Mm. Yeah, that's a good take there, Radiant M for Immaturity. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for stopping by, Joan Good, uh, with the subscription, uh, five month subscription. Much appreciated. Thank you, Marley Loves Films, uh, for also stopping by as well. Uh, that was a great show. Reviewing the Gray Man, Miss Marvel finale, Stranger Things. Uh, season 4, Part 2, Resident Evil TV series. We're going to be back. Uh, I'm going to be streaming tomorrow. I'm going to be playing Resident nice. Evil 2 Remake. I'm John Good's going to stop by. Um, also, Chill, um, if he wants to come by as well. Dusk is working uh, tomorrow, yeah. so he won't be there to join me. Uh, maybe he'll be there to join me Thursday. Um, I'll probably be streaming. I get a stream. I can be there Thursday. Uh, more throughout the week. I should be streaming more. Just let, me, uh, just let me know the time and place on Thursdays and remind me that it's happening and I'll be there. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you, Radiant M for Immaturity. Thank you for saying great show. Um, so, yeah, tomorrow, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, tomorrow going to be doing that stream, Resident Evil 4, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, sorry. Um, we're going to be doing that. Um, next week, we're going to be coming back reviewing Jordan Peele's movie, Nope. I'm going to be having mm. some people on for that. Uh, Jay, uh, uh, Jay Hunter from The Real Pineapple, Jenna, uh, is going to join us as well for that. Uh, nope, which is the new Jordan Peele movie coming out uh, with Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya is coming out. Um, so that's the big movie that's releasing next week. Um, also, if I have somebody joining me Saturday, I might do maybe a TV show. I might do Barry. Um, I'm hearing great things about this show called The, the Bear, uh, which is a new show on FX. I'm hearing really, really great things about that. Um, also, Reservation Dogs, uh, which is like the show show run by Taika Waititi or created by him. I hear great yeah, things about that Yeah, it's about the Native Americans on the reservations. Yeah, um, I hear great things about that show. Might might do that. Is might do that. Or Barry. Uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, I have to get back into that. I have to watch Final that. Final season, baby. Yeah, um, so there's so much to watch. Uh, I've never even started Ozark. I've never even seen Ozark. I've never even started season one of that show, so... Uh, Ozark starts strong immediately and then just kind of mm. it starts really strong and then it's kind of like slow it's like a slow burn mm. did you watch uh watch the ending also no i haven't oh okay all right uh i'm gonna find somebody to raid and i'm gonna be getting out of here um yeah that was a good show man yeah uh you think you might watch the gray band next week on netflix the Ray Ban on Netflix. Maybe. I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way to see it is just on Netflix anyway. Uh, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Probably just do that. Um, I'm excited for Nope, though. I'm really excited for Nope. Uh, I hope it's really good. I really, really hope it's really I hope so, good. too. It's about aliens and stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that trailer, uh, the final trailer they had, because it just revealed it was about aliens and it came out. I guess you could already kind of guess that, but I didn't like that trailer yeah. that they did. 
Uh, I'm going to be rating Chris Herman, uh, Mr. Revan7, uh, Mr. M-R-R-E-V-A-N-7, Revan, Mr. Revan7. Uh, he is playing Far Cry 6. Um, Joe Holocon, he's playing Resident Evil Code Veronica right now. He's playing that. Mm. Maybe I should rate, well, we just talked about Resident Evil. I should rate, I'm going to rate him since he's playing Resident Evil Code Veronica. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate him right now. Um, yeah, he's also a really great streamer as well. He plays a lot of Resident Evil stuff. Uh, what's your opinion on Cole Veronica? Code Veronica quite a bit. Mm. Okay. I think Code Veronica is the last of the, I want to say, classic Resident Evil games. Mm. Okay. It is the, the last hurrah of the classic before it becomes Resident Evil 4 and then we enter the, the, the semi-modern Resident Evil and it becomes a different genre, basically. Mm. Becomes survival action instead of survival horror. Mm. Focuses less on puzzles and more action and strategy and item management. Mm. Okay. And it starts getting simplified as the games go on. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I haven't played it myself. Code Veronica is very good. It's rough around the edges somewhat, but. It has a lot of improvements from the other older games, which they never have. They've never brought back for other remakes or other mm-hmm. adaptations that I think could have been really helping the people with. We don't like tank controls slash. We don't like having a fixed camera angle. In Code Veronica, there are camera angles, but you can actually adjust the camera where it, it can slide up and down or side to side in certain camera views. So you get more of a view, mm. and allows but allows the camera to be locked. But now you have it on like a dolly. And I thought that was like a really good way of making a compromise while still keeping tension. Mm. Okay. All right. But, yeah. Uh, I'll play it one time. Yeah. Might give it a try. Got to be Resident Evil Two though first. Got to beat that first. Got to play Resident Evil Three after that. Yeah. Um. All right. So Joe Holocon. So he is Juliet Oscar. Um. There. Uh. Echo Hotel Alpha Lima. Charlie, Yankee, Oscar, November, Drew Holocon. He's streaming right now, playing Resident Evil Code Veronica right now. Mm. So I'm going to rate him. Dusk, people can find you just on this show, right? Absolutely. All right. And this show is the Afternoon Tune. All right. We're streaming every Friday, Saturday, typically 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, twitch.tv slash Afternoon Tune. We're on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all Afternoon Tune. If you want to send us an email, we're at theafternoontune at gmail.com. Hey, if you want to check us out, also on YouTube, where we put up clips of the show at youtube.com, The Afternoon Tune. We'll be right there as well. Hey, we're also wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere there on Anchor. We are there. Um, if you see us on any of those platforms, hey, make sure to do, hey, five stars. Leave a good review. That helps boost up the podcast. Do wonders for them. It's good for my self-esteem as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Helps boost it up a lot. So that's also good. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, we'll be raiding him. And we're going to be getting out of here. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for stopping by. And don't forget to always stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, that was really awesome. Uh, we'll be raiding him. And we are out of here, people. Thank you.